Hi, guys. Uh, well, um, to my right is not Taylor this week. Uh, Taylor's a little under the weather. He only told me about two and a half hours ago. Um, and some last-second scrambling uh, was my second choice to sit on the on the fucking couch is uh, Pat. What's up, Pat? What's up, buddy? How I, you guys doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, I see you're hanging out with Lacey. So yeah. you're, you're always yeah. down to see a dog as well. So. Every day, man. Every day. Um, so thank you for coming in on last second, even if uh, you didn't watch the movie or the album. We'll get Taylor on the horn. <laughs> and plus, this is a good time for you with being football season we spend about a half hour talking our picks for the week we'll talk about your team in a little bit as well do we have uh, to um I, I don't know ask josh if he wants to talk about his team oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll is get he okay <laughs> oh, buddy, how are you doing over there uh, we'll, not, we'll, not great dude. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that uh josh how are you Besides that? Besides that, I'm okay. <laughs> Outside of the suicide watch because of football, <laughs> you're doing okay. Um, so, yeah, Taylor's under the weather, so we're just uh, hanging out. Pat's going to sit in, in with us. We will get Taylor on the phone to go over his uh, movie review last week. Uh, he's reviewing The Edge of 17, and I'm reviewing his album pick, Ocean's 8 Alaska, Lost Isles. Uh, we got a bunch of other cool stuff, and we'll see you guys in a minute on episode 121 of You Watch, the I you Listen. Watch, I Listen podcast starts now. Home Depot uh, in Kansas had to be evacuated for a bomb threat. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, take it out, take it out. <laughs> yeah, fuck oh, suck it nice and slow. <laughs> a couple other really funny news stories. Kenny G. Who the fuck is Kenny G? The fucking clarinet player. Oh, suck it nice. <laughs> what did he do wrong? It's time for the You Watch, I Listen podcast. And always remember, don't sniff it, just do it. Hey, guys. Yeah, um, Pat, again, thank you for coming in. Uh, you know, me and Josh could have gotten it done, but I was like having a third voice in here. Absolutely. It makes conversation go a little bit smoother. Um, you know, I don't think any of us... Uh, I think if we're, anyone's watching the debates tonight for pure sarcastic purposes... It's going to be just lunacy. Uh, Straight uh, up lunacy. I know. There's no way it's going to be anything but, right? Oh, absolutely. There's days ago, he's tweeting asking Biden for a drug test. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's telling... We're going to make... Uh, we demand that he be, he's checked for an earpiece beforehand, and Biden was like, okay. <laughs> Biden does the power move of releasing his tax, tax returns like two hours ago. Just an old, senile, creepy fucking shit show that... I, I always end up watching the debates for like an hour, and then I'm like, I'm fucking horrified, and I turn it off every time. I can only handle so much blatant lying. Of course. It's just like, all right, like, yeah, I'm, that, I'm done. Thank that's you. pretty much what I'm, it is. I'm good. But see, I'm, I can also handle a lot of blatant lying because the Mets have been telling me they were going to be good for the fucking every year of my life, and I'm fucking <laughs> stuck with it. Hey, I heard uh, they got sold. Yes, I, they, I have new, they have a new they have a new owner. Uh, just has to be approved by 23 of the major league te- major league owners. Uh, Steve Cohen will be the richest owner in baseball by a very, very wide margin. He's worth about $14 billion. Um, he is has, he has more money than the top four current richest owners do combined. Um, so they're going from the probably the most broke owners in baseball outside of, you know, the really, really small market teams. Uh, you know, you're in the New York market and you won't spend money to a guy that <clears throat> will spend on anything. 
which doesn't always mean you're going to win. The Dodgers have had like a $300 million payroll the last eight years. Go to the playoffs every year, never win. But you should be able to buy players in, in New York like the Yankees do. You should be able to re-sign your own guys and not let them lose them to teams like the Phillies and Marlins like the Mets. The, the fucking Marlins you're losing players to. So I, I have very, I'm very optimistic that this horrible ownership will be leaving. And generally when teams are bad consistently and they always have negative headlines, it always starts with ownership. And yep. that goes across sports. You look at the Washington football team, you yep. look at the New York Jets, you look at the New York Knicks, who I have some stuff about today. Um, all the way down, the bad ownership team, uh, Bad ownership always reflects on the field all the way down, and now it'll be nice to have owners that don't think they're baseball that don't think they're baseball guys like the Wilpons did. Absolutely, uh, and he's a lifelong Mets fan, which is really cool. The show Billions on Showtime is actually based on him loosely. Oh, okay. um, no, yeah. So he's been wrapped up in his own little affairs, and he's had to pay off fines like any hedge uh, fund guy has to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he also didn't get involved with Bernie Madoff like the Mets owners <laughs> did. Fucking assholes. So why don't we go, uh, go ahead? And, uh, the first thing we always do. Actually, is Josh? How was your week? Uh, pretty solid. Falcons aside. Falcons aside. Falcons aside any, anything good. exciting? No, not really. I, I, that's always your answer, yeah. Pat. How was your week this, uh, this past week? It was actually pretty stellar. I, uh, I'm, I'm under contract for a house in PA, so I can. Get Very cool. Congratulations. Out of, uh, the hellhole that is Jersey taxes. <laughs> so I'm really yeah, but now you're not gonna have real pizza. I know. You're not gonna have well, real bagels. I mean, I'm still working in Clifton, so yeah. If you need a fix. Oh, I dude, I'm I, I'm pretty much I work in Clifton pretty much now, so we'll get lunch one day. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I'm out on the road all day. So, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, you've been going away a lot. You were up in um, Lake George recently. Lake George, Lake Placid. We went out to Denver. We've been traveling a lot. Actually, I'm going to I'm weeks. going to Colorado in November. I'm fine. Nice. My trip that got postponed from the summer. I'm going in November. So. So sick, sick. I'm pumped about that. Um, so, and my week was pretty much uneventful. Uh, what did I do on Friday? I don't, honestly, I, like I'm losing the weeks now. Oh, I worked at the drive-in with Drea on Friday. We worked for uh, Bitman's company, just getting people to sign up on uh, the Chevy app, like do a survey and they got a free t-shirt. Hmm. Got like 150 bucks for like three hours of work. So and you get then, the fuck off with Drea. Yeah, me know? and Drea were just like <laughs> dicking around the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Saturday, me and Taylor watched the fights. And uh, Sunday, watch football at Taylor's, and it was pretty, uh, pretty casual overall. I always like weekends where it's like I don't have to run around too much and just kind of dick around. That was my entire weekend. Yeah. I'm looking forward to sleeping in on yeah. Saturday very yeah. much. And we're hanging out watching football Sunday. We are. So we that'll, are. Be, that'll be cool. Um, what time does your team play on Sunday? We are a 1 o'clock okay. game because nobody cares because we are playing the Washington football Yeah, game. yeah. And we're, the Dolphins are 1 o'clock also playing uh, the Seahawks, which we'll talk Oof. about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not very excited about that, that proposition. But uh, all right. Why don't I go ahead and call shit there? Um, hopefully he's not asleep or shitting. Uh, both things are actually very likely at the same time. So let's see. Um, I'm going to read his number on the air. I'm calling <laughs> 973-557-187. And you guys can guess the last number. <laughs> oh, I can't wait till he hears that back. <laughs> can only be one number, guys. Taylor. We don't like this dead air. He's not going to pick up. There he is. Hello. Hi, Taylor. How are you, buddy? Uh, I'm feeling great. How are you? By great, you mean awful? Yeah. All right. Well, um, we hope you feel better. Uh, at least uh, Josh does. Um, so <laughs> so Pat's sitting in here with us, um, and we're figured we'll just get into our reviews because i got a bunch of shit to talk about. We'll talk about uh, – I'll spend a lot of time talking about your football team for you. I'm going to try and channel my inner Micah. 
do, do your worst because I know you're going to butcher it like you always do. <laughs> All right, so you want me to go first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. First. So, Taylor, you gave me the band Oceans 8 Alaska, uh, Lost Isles. I didn't know anything about this band. Um, a very, very heavy band. Uh, now, when, when did this album come out? Uh, I believe it was in like 2014 or 15, somewhere in that area. I really don't remember, but I remember when it came out, I hated it when I first heard it. Okay, so when I first listened to it, I the first time around, I was like, uh, okay, it was like, maybe not for me. Uh, actually, the first the couple songs I, I really hated, and the more I listened, it grew on me. Um, now, the first thing I'll say right off the bat is musically, it's fucking awesome. Like, there, there's no denying that musically, it's fantastic. Uh, the progressions are great. It's heavy as shit. Um, their, their timing is fucking fantastic. My biggest issue with them, especially starting the album, is the screaming is not my kind of screaming I like in metal, if that makes sense. You know how, like, there's different types of screamers? This one wasn't necessarily for me. Yeah, it, it's it, there's so many different styles. And, uh, you know, at the time, the lead singer was uh, this kid named James Harrison, not the football player. <laughs> that would have been interesting. Um, imagine. Yeah. Not, um, and he has a much more guttural and a deep yeah. scream, where it's more like a growl. And then he does have the really, really high pitch, and he has really good mids as well. But, yes. Um, and that, you have to be into that kind of style. Yeah. Really, because it's not like your average run-of-the-mill type of thing. It's actually very technical. I'm not very technical. Pull up as many styles as this kid. This kid. No, to have that kind of range with screaming is really difficult. Um, so to start it out right away, the intro, uh, 432. I like that. I mean, it's only an intro, but I thought the music was great on it. Uh, Blood Brothers was a two. And the same thing with High Horse. It was a two. Um, they, I, I didn't love how it started Musically I thought it was great And if not for that music being so good Those songs would probably be ones for me But the music was dope And my biggest complaint was that There there was no real feel to the songs Because I think sometimes You need to break it up a little bit From the screaming But thankfully the third song Or fourth song on the track um, uh, Was it Vultures and Sharks Was the first one that was like Somewhat melod mel melodic And his voice His singing voice was really really good I like that song a lot That was a four Downsides, three. His voice is great again. It's a great blend of the singing and screaming. Uh, my favorite song on this album was Floorboards. Floorboards boards was fucking awesome. Um, it had the best progressions in it. The time signatures are great. Specifically, towards the end, the time signature to the breakdown is fucking awesome awesome. That is a genuinely awesome song. Um, that to me stood out the most. I liked Linger a lot. Um, not by the, the not, who did Linger originally? That horrible Do you have to let it linger? I was hoping it was a metal metal cover of that but it wasn't. It was, uh, it was uh, fucking Kyle. Man. The Cranberries. The Cranberries is who that was. Um, so Linger was a four. The last two minutes specifically I thought were fucking great. Um, uh, the next, then there's an interlude, Equinox. Uh, that's cool. It, it's got piano in it. Kind of sounds like a little bit of a jam session. Um, and then this is where they, the album was really uneven for me because the next one, Part of Something, was a two. On the Edge was a two. Entity was a two. And then I liked the last two songs, uh, Lost Isles, the title track, and Mirage. Um, I gave Lost Isles a four and Mirage a three. So it was weird because it started out not loving it, loved the middle of it, didn't like the, like the third act of it, and then I liked the ending of it, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, it is a bit uneven, but again, like you have to really be like into this kind of music. Like, so, so for my thing, like I, I've said a thousand times, the first time I heard this, I couldn't stand it. Yeah. And the reason being was because the first single, the first song on it, because, uh, you know, 43rd 2 was an intro for the most part, but Blood Brothers was the first song I heard. And I actually couldn't stand yeah, it. Yeah, that was very, time. very generic, yeah. I felt like. See, here's, here's where I do, I do disagree a little bit. There's nothing generic about these guys whatsoever because when I first time I heard this, it was something I had never heard before. Okay, it was so off tempo, and there were so many weird guitar. Well, riffs let me let me rephrase. Musically, not generic. I meant like the, the 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 singing the singing blended with the music didn't necessarily do it. I thought the music from I told you from Jump Street was fucking great, but the overall blend of it came off as generic to me because I thought there was something more there, and specifically a thing that I thought that could be more and really accentuate how talented these guys are would be the blend of singing with that intense uh, wide range screaming which is what you got in the middle of the uh, the album and the end of the album and I, I well I do understand what you're saying I do respectfully disagree just because uh, and again I'm not trying to toot my own horn but as far as like the screaming side no that's your shit like, that's your shit that's what I'm saying yeah um, so I, I I got it's like like hey, you have a better appreciation for Romero and yeah. I have a better appreciation for screamers sure so that's so that's that's really fair our only difference that we got there yeah so I, I, there's nothing generic about it but the song but i understand what you're saying yeah um but overall i'll say that um again the song floorboards that's my favorite song on this album that that is a fucking banger it is it's, it's pretty ridiculous so i'm gonna give this because of the uneven nature of it i'm gonna stick it with a solid three out of five um when i first listened to it it was probably like a one but i did grow more of an appreciation for it the more i listened to it Sweet. That's actually a lot better than I had hoped. Yeah, you said you didn't think I'd like it at all, but um, I ended up appreciating it. Sweet. All right. Um, what was the fucking movie you gave me? Edge of 17. Yes. That's what it was. I gave you something lighthearted for the first time in forever. Yeah. Yeah, so let me start with... Um, I, I, I watched this on Monday night before I watched the football game. Okay. And I was reading the synopsis about it, and when I read the synopsis, I was talking to Bob and Justin about it, and I said to him, just reading what I reading what I uh, like, what I saw about it, I was like, this movie sucks already. Okay. And when I when I watched the movie, I actually watched it. I ended up absolutely loving it, dude. I um, I thought this when I went to go see it. I'm like, I'm getting dragged to some fucking teeny bopper love coming of age story, and then I watch it. I'm like, holy shit, this is fucking great. Yeah, there's there's a lot of dark themes littered yeah. throughout. I mean, obviously the big thing was uh, Nadine, the main character. Um, she's with her father when her father passes away. Yep. Um, you know, and that in turn kind of sets up the her current actions and how she lashes out at her brother for being a goody two shoes. Her best friend, perfect. her mom, her best, her best friend for for dude. By the way, how they. Um, how they revealed that like her friend and her brother were hooking up when like she she, she walks up in the morning she walks in and like he's jerking him off like that was pretty yeah she walked in on her brother getting a hand job from her best friend I was like yeah <laughs> a hand jibber <laughs> hand jibber yeah um, but overall like I did really like this movie if not for Woody Harrelson like th- 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 this movie would have been a little bit on the like back half like I wouldn't have liked it nearly as much Woody was the right he- character to balance it out. He's just so sarcastic throughout it. Yeah. Like, there's one part in the movie where I absolutely died, and it was so she's obsessed with this one kid who works at, like a pet store or whatever, and so she's going through this crazy crisis, steals her mother's car, 
and she sends this kid a Facebook message like, <laughs> um, like you know, like I like uh, I like, want to uh, bang I you. Your mouth on my, I want your mouth on my tits. I like all this stuff, right? <laughs> like real, and she's like, oh, I can't do that. I sound crazy. She goes, hit cancel, but it, then uh, she hit send. She hit send by accident. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Oops, we've all done that. So yeah. She gives the, so she shows the message to the teacher. And he's reading it, and he's reading it, and he gets to the part about the tits and, like, you know, like, coming or whatever. He's like, oh, and he says it out loud, and he looks at her and goes, you have a problem. Watch out for run-. And he goes, watch out for run-on sentences. I was laughing so hard. Yeah, dude. It was so fucking silly. Yeah, dude. Um, but overall, like, it, it is... It reminds me a little bit of eighth grade. This movie, yeah. Obviously, it's, it's a different type of story. Sure, filmed um, differently, but it's know. a similar kind of awkward um, teenage angst kind of movie. It's a teenage angst, but it has real mental health themes that are throughout because there's obviously something mentally wrong with her a little bit. When sure. I say wrong, I mean like she went through a traumatic event. Correct. Uh, the death of her father definitely scarred her, and. You know, probably her mother was probably playing favorites with the brother. So it's I don't want to give too much away because this is the first time I implore everyone who who, uh, who listens to the show to really watch this movie. Even if like, you know, even if you're not into that kind of thing, it really is a very, very good movie. Plus, it's acted very well. She's a really good actress, Haley Steinfeld. She's, she's awesome. And like I said, there's there's this is one of the most realistic coming of age stories that I've seen next to next to eighth grade. So uh, final grading, I'll give it a seven two. Cool. Um, I'm glad you I liked that. Really I, had a, I had a feeling. I had a feeling you would, because uh, just the the style of it and how well acted it is. I, I had a feeling it would be up your alley. But um, all right. So Taylor, yeah, cool. good news for me. Bad news for you is that October starts next week. So this is week one of the trials and tribulations of Taylor, Micah, and horror. Um, so I told you I'm going to go a, bit, a little bit of a different route with horror movies with you. I'm going to try and stay away from the more. Uh, obscene and really really dark shit try and pick some really fun like obscure like almost a uh, horror comedy kind of blends and maybe one random classic in there does that sound good to you no okay <laughs> <laughs> all right so i'm going to give you two options these are both considered horror comedies one of them is a, a classic from the 1980s um that is considered one of the first one of the first punk horror films, but it is a comedy as well. It makes me laugh my ass off. And the other one is from, I think, 2013, 2012. Um, another one uh, that is a horror comedy that kind of is mocking the horror genre. Along lines like Scream and Shaun of the Dead do. Give me the newer one because I like the one from the 80s. Even though it sounds cool, I'm not going to like it either way. Well, you're going to get it at some point. So, All right, so the one I'm talking why about. Why don't you give me the fucking choice? Because just I... tell me you got to watch both of them. You want to watch? We're going to make you wait. Blah, blah, blah. Fuck you. All right, you want to watch? Make me pick. All right. Make me pick. Fine. You're going to fucking choose it. Fine, you have to watch both then. Fine. All right. You did it to me. You really got me there. I wasn't trying to. I was just going to save it for next week. But, okay, so the first one that you asked for is uh, from 2012. It's called Cabin in the Woods. Ooh, uh, good one. Yeah, Pat's seen it. Great. Uh, Josh, I don't know if you've seen this. Yeah. Uh, did you enjoy it? Yeah. It's, so this whole thing is um, there's a lot of people in here you'll recognize. Thor is in it, for one. Uh, so Chris Hemsworth is in it. Um, uh, Eric from Billy Madison is in it. Uh, the the dad from Step Brothers is in it, and the whole premise is these uh this group of like college kids go to stay at a cabin in the woods, and then they make fun of every single horror trope there is in here. Yep. Pe- some people that we know 
like Colucci hated it because he said it wasn't even scary. It wasn't trying to be. It's literally making fun of the the virgin in the horror movies, the slut in the horror movies, the jock, the nerd, the stoner. Dude, when I saw this, I was fucking howling my ass off at it. There's some good kills in it. I don't want to give too much away because where this movie goes, I don't think anyone that went into it saw coming. Not at all. Um, and it's quickly become one of the more popular horror movies since it came out, as more people have seen it. Um, I think you're really really going to like this movie. Uh, you're going to laugh your ass off, especially towards the end. Alright, cool. Alright, and the other one that you, you I wasn't going to give you, but now I am. Uh, this is one of my favorites from the 80s. Uh, it's one I watch every Halloween season. Um, it's called Return of the Living Dead. Now, this is not a Romero movie. Hell yeah. Josh just said hell yeah. This one was actually, uh, his name, I believe his name was uh, Mike Russo. Uh, he actually helped create Night of the Living Dead with George Romero in 1968. They had a legal dispute over who owned the rights to that movie, even though Romero penned most of the script. Ultimately, what was decided that Romero owned the phrase um, uh, dead for any movie, and this guy owned Living Dead. So he made this movie that was supposed to be acknowledging like Night of the Living Dead was a real thing that happened, and it, it takes place in like a, a chemical lab, something goes wrong, and it takes the zombies you know from Romero and completely turns them on their head. It's the first real introduction to the running zombie. It's the first time that the classic phrase with zombies, brains is born, and it has a total punk rock feel to it. It's so funny, it's so campy, it has some legitimately awesome moments in it, and it's it's widely considered one of the greatest cult horror films of all time. So um, I Googled it real quick, Return of the Living Dead. So this is actually a series of movies? Yes, they made multiple mo sequels. Two is okay. Two actually is more comedy than anything else. So basically, in two, they took the most of the actors from the first one and acted like one didn't happen. Um, and it was almost like how they did Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, where they realized that it was more of a comedy, and they made it more, much more comedic. There's literally a scene where a zombie gets electrocuted and does the thriller dance in the second one. Um, but after two, they get horrible. I think uh, the third one is a straight-up love story, which is bad. And then there's Rave from the Grave, which is horrific. One, one is amazing, two is pretty good, then they get really bad. Okay. So, so uh, there'll be those two fucking. Those are your now. picks for the week, Taylor. All right, hit me, baby. Uh, only one more time. Uh, the huh. album I'm gonna give you this week is coming from the band. Actually, Josh was listening to him, and he told me he was listening to him, and he didn't like the song I told him to listen to, which is dumb. Um, <laughs> this, uh, the the band is called Falling in Reverse. Okay. And there, if the album is from 2017, it's the album Coming Home. Um, this is uh. The band is fronted by Ronnie Radke. Ronnie Radke was best known in the early emo movement as the lead singer of Escape the Fate. Um, then he went crazy, went to jail, was all all these fucked up crazy drugs, uh, was taking, somehow smuggled a cell phone in the jail, was taking pictures, posting on MySpace that he was in jail. Well, we've all been he there. Was like, <laughs> he was the epitome of a scene kid. Okay. Like, he had he had the hair, he was just, the guy was fucking nuts. So he gets out of jail. He's all rehabilitated now. He's completely sober. And Good he for him. Forms the band, he, he forms the band Falling in Reverse. I hated Falling in Reverse when they first came out. I thought they were super lame, their first album. But then Fashion the Late comes out, and I liked it just like you came out, and I liked it. Then Coming Home comes out three years ago, and I absolutely fell in love with this record. Cool. Including some of the some of the stuff that they've been putting out recently as far as singles because they can't put an album out now for some fucking reason. Um, but yeah, Falling in Reverse... They're a mix of like they they can really blend genres very well. Ronnie is one of the most, uh, I guess, uh, versatile, ambitious, 
ambitious, versatile, um, you know, egotistical. Even the, the the fucking guy is just so talented, and he can blend so many genres very well. Okay. Um. So I want to give you this album, and I want to give you two singles that they released on top of that as well. Um, oh, judge get uh, no, whatever. You're here. MLB.com. Um, no, I'm a bit.com sent me a message, whatever. Okay. So, uh, the, the two singles I want to give you, um, one is called Drugs. Okay. That's also featuring, uh, Corey Taylor. That is an amazing song. And the other one is called Popular Monster. Cool. Um, so that's the one uh, again, that sucks. add that on top of that, even though they're not entirely on. Josh on, said that's the on, one that on sucks. Well, Josh doesn't know he's listening to because clearly he's like, oh yeah, I like Metallica. If they're so fucking good. Just shut the fuck up, dude. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about because you don't like actual rap. <laughs> you're talking about rap by a guy who started the fucking emo movement, like you said, five fucking seconds ago. Yeah, because he's versatile. It's not my fault. Hetfield's not fucking versatile. All I play, all I do is play fucking one chord for 30 years. Good for him. <laughs> all right, bud. No, all right. of course. I'm, you know I'm fucking with you, but, like, not really. So, uh, <laughs> No, it's fine. Listen, no, the, the song doesn't suck. It's just not Josh's thing. And that, that song in particular is what I'm talking about. That's the epitome okay. of mixing genres. All right, because, cool. So I, you know how much all of us really genuinely despise uh, mumble rap? Even Pat. I'm sure yeah. Pat can't fucking stand it yes, either. Yes, sir. Pat hates it too. It's trash. If there's anyone that's actually good at the triplets versions of mumble rap, it's Ronnie Radke. Ronnie Radke's even better rapper than he is... People that actually rap for a fucking living. Okay. So, uh, All right. yeah, just give I'm, that a listen. I'm interested to try this out. Well, thanks, Taylor, for checking in. Feel better. Um, and thanks for having us over on Sunday. And uh, we'll see you next week. I'll see you guys next week. All right, buddy. Later. Uh, so, also for this week, something I talked to you guys about, uh, I'm going to be doing movie reviews once a week for the next couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, for horror. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, everybody knows that listens to the show. Dan and I are huge fans of horror. Yes. Uh, you, you, you'd have to be really dumb to not realize Dan's favorite genre is yes. uh, zombie movies. My favorite genre in horror is slashers. Yes. Uh, so, over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be reviewing a classic slasher film each week. Uh, for the first week, obviously, you and Taylor are invited to also watch. I'm always going to watch. Uh, the first one's going to be Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. Which is one of the greatest horror films of all time like period I was just um, a, a website I really like um, we've I've referenced them on here a bunch of times Consequences Sound on Facebook is fucking fantastic and they just recently did their uh, top 100 horror movies of all time and that that was number one yep. um, and that's always saying something when you could beat The Exorcist The Shining Psycho I respected this one because they had Hereditary at 10 which I appreciated and they had, they had Night of the Living Dead at like 5 Night of the Living Dead has to be in your f- top 5 yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it has to be even if you don't like the movie it's like it created the biggest genre of horror outside of slashers, and maybe now with the, the Walking Dead, no matter what you think of it, there's no denying how fucking big it is. Yeah. I don't even watch The Walking Dead anymore. Yeah, I'm I'm shocked every time I see like oh season finale. It's like holy. Well, this shit, week, so it's coming. It's coming back this week yeah. just for the season finale because the season was happening when COVID happened and they were in post production oh, on it. Oh, oh, but oh. right after the season finale. Is the spinoff, another spinoff series that's starting. Um, and then there's another spinoff series in the work. And then a Daryl and Carol spinoff series in the work. And then an anthology series is in the work also. So what they're, what they're essentially doing here is they're, they're going to, there's going to be a Walking Dead property for the next It's a universe. Full year. Yeah. Um, so what they're doing is they have the, the finale that is going to come up the next Sunday. 
And then the week after that, Fear the Walking Dead starts its season. Okay. When that hits mid-season finale, they're going to start the limited series that they're doing, which is good, good. Uh, World Beyond, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and then the, when the, that's done... The movie, right? No, when that's done, they're going to be like just kind of peppering in here and there. Uh, anthology episodes from season 10. I think antho- uh, the idea of The Walking Dead being an anthology series where every episode is different characters, that to me is one of the coolest things they can do with what has satur- been a saturated series for a while. Yeah. Because you can do different points of the whole outbreak, different parts of the world. You could show shit in Europe, in Asia, in Africa, in Alaska, all kinds of stuff. That is cool to me because it opens up way more avenues for limited storytelling. Anthology series are really can be done really well. You look at Black Mirror, obviously yeah, yeah. Twilight Zone, um, uh, American Horror Story has been doing it for how long as an anthology mm-hmm. series where every season's different? Yep. Some good, some bad. Actually, Josh, the most recent American Horror Story you would probably like because it's all about 80 slashers. Like, it's just like that. And I actually really like that one. I haven't seen that one yet. It's been on my list. Oh, dude, it, it, it embraced the corniness of 80 slashers. Like, awesome. it takes place basically at Camp Crystal Lake. Sick. It goes into all the tropes. I was actually shocked at how much I liked that one. As a slasher fan, you would love it. Yeah. Um, there's some really good seasons in American Horror Story, and there's some oh, really, really bad ones, too. Asylum I, is just, it's rough to get. I, I liked Apocalypse, the one they did before this one. Yeah, I thought like that was well done. Coven, uh, obviously, great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sideshow, or the freak show, yeah, it was great. Yeah, they, they've done some good stuff, but uh, it always at least looks really cool. The yeah. acting's always good. Yep. Emma Roberts is always really good in it, and she's yep. really nice to look at, too. Um, so, yeah. All right, so we'll start out with what we do almost every week. Um, uh, Pat, we always start out with what you watch this past week what have you been watching what have i been watching um me and uh and actually just started watching raised by wolves i really want to watch that i was just talking to the guys in our group chat about that it's ai mm-hmm. and it's ridley scott i'm in yep i'm in hey, the guy that did blade runner and alien i'm in yeah yeah no it's uh we're the the premiere was two episodes and i think they're on the Fourth week now, so that would make what six episodes total. Okay, by now. and uh, from one, I remember when the trailer first came out, people were like, "Don't we already have Westworld?" It was like, "Yeah, we had one really good season of Westworld, yeah. and then it progressively got sillier with really good episodes peppered in." Mm-hmm. Season two, I loved until the finale, and season three had some awesome episodes, and then just the ending was like, "Oh, they really are just spinning their wheels." Yeah. <laughs> um, but this one I'm into because it's Ridley Scott, and this is where I think he's at his best in the sci-fi world. Um, even when he gets predictable, um, he he's always unique, at least like with. Prometheus and Alien Covenant, he does some really interesting things that not many people try anymore. Oh, yeah. He uh, he, he hit a grand slam in the second episode. He was like, oh, okay. you guys are going to fuck around and find out. Like That's probably my next... completely shocking that you're like, oh, the entire series is going to be based around object A, and then like, boom, object A no okay. longer exists. I'm, like, oh, I'm, I'm in. It's Again, it's AI and Ridley Scott. Now, are you up to date on The Boys? I am, absolutely. Okay, uh, so we were, we were talking about that before you got here. It's like, let's save some of it for the show. First off, how fucking great is season two so far? Dude, fantastic. How is it just getting better and better after how good season one was? And season one was one of those shows where every episode was a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And then season two, two episodes in, I'm like, holy shit, they're up in the game here. So I would just like to uh, announce a disclaimer that I read the graphic novels. Okay, yeah, you're, you're a nerd for these things. Probably ten years ago, and I have been waiting for an adaptation. I remember you telling me about it years yeah. ago. I've been, I've been telling everyone. Like everyone's like, "Oh, I had a good graphic novel or a good comic book." It's like, "Hey, read the boys. It's ten. It's ten. Uh, ten issues. Bingo, bango. Thank you, mango." And uh, man, 
There, Stormfront uh, in the comic books is a guy. Yeah. But the backstory about her being a Nazi is still right on par, which okay. is amazing because they do. A, a well, they really blended. I, I read a little bit. They blended the the characters more or yes. less, right? It's yeah, a composite. Yeah. yeah. Which you have to do on shows because you don't Absolutely. have as much creative freedom or, yeah. or, or ability, I guess. Yeah. But it's uh, it's fucking amazing, man. And if this is going in the direction that the, they are, and Seth Rogen has mentioned a couple of uh, parts of the story, that you'd love it when it's into. being made by fans. Yeah, you yeah, gotta yeah. love it when it's being made by fan of the actual source material. Yep. And I I I was I've been saying it on the show for a couple of weeks now, but Homelander is one of my favorite characters on television. Oh, absolutely. He, He's that, just like Joffrey. You that, fucking dude. I know. Hate I hate how fucking everyone. vile he is. And that guy for being a no name actor is so fucking good. Mm. But all the other side characters, and Josh and I were talking about this, have so much nuance to them, and they write them so well throughout. Like you get the backstory to Mother's Milk finally, mm -hmm. the backstory to Frenchie this past week. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they do all those things so well that every character you feel something for. Oh, absolutely. He, like the deep is one of the funniest goddamn characters. <laughs> I, I've been quoting it all week, but on the newest episode, when he's getting the footage of them crashing, not saving the people on that plane, he goes, "I got a tip off from this group of halibut. They're crazy, <laughs> dude." I, North Atlantic is nuts right dude, now. <laughs> I fucking was dying. And even like how they do his character, who in the first season is reprehensible, disgusting. Yep. He's fucking and then, dolphins and, and shit. He's fucking dolphins. And then when they do that whole thing where they where he's tripping and it's Patton Oswalt talking to him through his gills, <laughs> but they. Give you some like almost make him somewhat sympathetic in the sense that he is he not maybe not sympathetic but you understand it that he treats women like this because he hates himself and how he looks so much yep. that is such a slight nuance to make a silly character have depth yeah and all absolutely. these characters have amazing depth and Carl Urban fucking rules yep. on every fucking level yeah. what was the line that he said in this episode for you that was your favorite Josh you said there was one specifically. Oh shit! I don't remember exactly what it was. I just like twat. What, <laughs> yeah. Whatever he said to the uh, the guy that got out of the car. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I know what line you're talking about. I just remember he said something. And I so fucking started cracking up. I thought that was great. That Starlight had to branch out and she had to kill this dude. Yep. I was like, this is just, it's so well written for a genre that is very stuck in its its cycles. And most of these most of these movies and this and shows in this genre, they're all great. But it's a basic usual arc. Mm -hmm. And this is taking it and making an actual have. Depth to it being beyond just a typical superhero shit. Yeah, 100%. It's 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 one of the best shows on TV without a doubt right now. I I, I could say undoubtedly. Oh, yeah, it's for sure as good as anything. The addition of Giancarlo Esposito has been a fucking home run yeah. on top of it because he plays for being this really unassuming looking guy. Maybe it's because we've seen him as Gus Fring mm -hmm. now, but even on this, he just comes off like such a motherfucker. Yeah, like he he's calmly always he's, in control. He's he impo imposing, control, imposing. Yeah. He's even on The Mandalorian now. He was only in two episodes, mm -hmm. and he was fucking great. Yep. I was like, this is fucking awesome. Um, Josh, where, what about you? What have you been watching besides The Boys? Um, so I've been keeping up with uh, Ted Lasso, which every week I say it. I, I really got to start no Ted Lasso. business being as good as it is. Um, you know, it's kind of like a dramedy, almost I'd call That's it. That's what I heard. I heard, like, I, when I saw them actually say heartwarming, I was like, interesting. Yeah. Because you would just think Jason Sudeikis is just comedy. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it, honestly, it's very good. Uh, you know, even if you don't care about soccer, uh, you don't need to... No, I know you don't give a shit about yeah, soccer. No, not even a little bit. Um, <laughs> but, you know... Not I, remotely. I, I, I've been so busy this past week that it's really just been... I, I caught up on the two episodes that I, that I hadn't seen yet of those two shows. Um, I watched the Falcons fucking rip my heart out again. <laughs> so. I can't wait to talk about it. Um, um, I'm watching the league again. I, every fucking football season, I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to watch again. I've seen it so many times, and then I end up starting it. Right. I finish another watch through of It's Always Sunny, so it's like, all right, right to the fucking league. It's Always Sunny. Um, classic. 
I watched something else that I'm forgetting now. Um, it wasn't important though. It was just it was something fucking stupid. It was some dumb horror movie. Right. Um, but outside of that, um, there's some good news in the world of movies and stuff that's coming out. One thing I know Josh and I are excited about. This may be not be your genre, but we're big fans of the disaster movie, like the bad disaster <laughs> yeah, yeah, movies. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all um, for it, man. So this is one coming out with Gerard Butler called Greenland. Um, okay. It's about a comet coming to Earth that they think is just going to pass over or whatever, and then shit goes wrong, and it becomes like every disaster movie, which should just they should just all just be called a series of daring escapes. <laughs> That's what all disaster <laughs> movies are. Yeah. So it's supposed to come out in the theaters uh, in two weeks. It's coming straight to streaming. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be on Amazon oh, Prime. Right. I think it's going to be for, on Amazon Prime to rent for a week, okay. like October 13th, and then the next week it's going to be available just to stream. Super pumped about that. And the one that just came out a little while ago that I'm very, very excited about is the new Borat movie. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. So I am uh, as well. Um, so we talked about it last week that he had finished this movie, and like, um, nobody knew he kept it completely so, under wraps. Um, it officially has a title. I don't know if you heard the title of this no, movie. No. All right, I got to find it and read this because if you remember, the original title was uh, Borat: Cultural Learnings for of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. Okay. <laughs> I don't that's the full. That. That's the full title of the movie. Okay. Um, so the new one, its title. Uh, let me find the title. <laughs> Hold on. I, all right, here we go. The official title of this movie is Borat, Gift of Pornographic Monkey to Vice Premier Mikkel Pence to Make Benefit Recently Diminished Nation of Kazakhstan. Um, it has been announced that it was acquired by Amazon Studios. Um, it'll be going right to Prime. Fantastic. And he made sure he wants it to be out before Election Day. So it's going to be on Amazon Prime on October 23rd. Oh, Hell, awesome. yeah. Um, Hell yeah. He apparently, he filmed this the second filming restrictions were slightly lifted um, because of COVID and went into full like like <laughs> lockdown mode, quiet about it. Um, apparently, they said this was his most dangerous filming ever. Mind you, he went to visit fucking ISIS <laughs> in Bruno. <Yeah. laughs> he, went, he went to go visit ISIS. They, he, they said they had to put bullet, bulletproof vests on him multiple times um, and had his most daring escape, uh, ironic, um, uh, in this. Um, I, I'm, I'm thrilled. It's it's going to be right to streaming, but even more thrilled that it's less than a fucking month away. Yeah, yeah that's, that's great. wonderful news. Um, I, I, I'm so interested to see what he does with it. Because Have you heard what the premise of this is, Pat? What he's going to do? I knew nothing about so, it. I just saw like a Facebook ad of like Borat yeah. doing now. So, like, so, what the fuck? so obviously after the movie came out and it was like the biggest fucking thing, he kind of had to retire the character. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Everyone recognized it at that point. He had done like little appearances on talk shows as Borat. Mm -hmm. So the whole premise of this movie is going to be that Borat um, comes back to America wanting to celebrate the success of his movie because he's <laughs> a big movie star, but people don't recognize him. So it's Sasha Bar it's Borat going undercover to interview people uh, <laughs> in different characters, I guess. <laughs> so I'm just assuming that thing he did at that oh, rally. Man. That he Did you see the rally Sasha Baron Cohen went to, the 3 percenter rally a few months back? No. So it was that. some major like right-wing rally, which they're very all oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was and on he, stage, he was on security. No, he, brought, he told them, he called them up, he's like, I want to play a show. He didn't say it was him. He's like, I'm in a band, I'll pay for security, transportation, mm. whatever. Okay. And he goes up there singing, Chinese people, what you gonna do? Inject them with the Wuhan flu. He's saying, Dr. Fauci, what you gonna do? Inject Dude, the best one is, CNN, what you gonna do? Chop them up like the Saudis do. And the crowd is singing it with him. The crowd is singing it with him. And then they're getting pissed finally. They realize they're getting uh. rused. So he rushes out in a 
fucking, they take him away in an ambulance. He didn't get attacked or anything, but he escaped in one. Then he comes back and journalists are interviewing the people that set it up about what he did. And one of the journalists is him in a disguise <laughs> asking questions. <laughs> I, I'm so brilliant. excited to brilliant. see. He's one of the most brilliant, like what he does is real oh, acting. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, he, and it's not like he's, people don't realize he's a fucking brilliant dude. He graduated second in his cl- classroom, I think from Yale. Yeah, um, like, like He's a brilliant dude and he's married to Isla Fisher. Like he way out kicked it. You know, remember Wedding Crashers, the Stage Five Clinger, yeah, yeah. the Reddit. Oh. That's his wife. Good for him. Yeah, dude, I know. Talk that's, about out kicking your good. coverage. Yeah, Motherfucker looks goofy as shit. Good for him. I still wish, as good as Rami Malek was in Bohemian Rhapsody, that he got to play Freddie Mercury in that because he was the one that was <laughs> supposed to origi- he, he was supposed to play him, it. but the band got mad because he wanted to go into the darker aspects of Freddie Mercury's life, mm. and they were like, no. I was like, of course. So they made a a, a a good movie by any standard. He's great. He's great as Freddie Mercury in that movie. And if you're a Queen fan, the music scenes are great. But as a Queen fan, also, I hate the artistic liberties they take with the storytelling. Mm. Did you see Bohemian Rhapsody? I did not. It's really good. I mean, I was so entertained by it, but I was sitting there. I'm like, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. You motherfuckers. You just... Oh, so it's like every military movie ever. It's like, that's not real. So that's, that's not real. That's so not real. That's a, you're a good person to talk to about this. What do you think is the most realistic military movie? Um, oof. Actually, me and you were actually... Texting. Fury, you said, yeah, right? me and you were texting about that not that long ago. So, I would say, if not Fury... The, the class- Obviously, like Band of Brothers, the, uh, Pacific Thunder. Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. The classic one I hear often, and it, it makes sense, is um, Platoon, because Oliver Stone was uh, active duty military yep. uh, on the on the ground in Vietnam. So that makes sense. I mean, there's Platoon is one of the best war movies ever made. Oh, it's 100%. one of the best fucking movies ever made. Yeah, 100%. But a lot of the war movies you get, they're very, very, you know, over the top. And, yep. he, and he even, Oliver Stone, when he was on Rogan recently, talked about like how even when he sees people get shot, how they fall and shit mm-hmm. like that. Um, I liked Hacksaw Ridge a lot. I was just... I was waiting for you to pause, and I was like, you know, another one? Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge yeah. was amazing. Yeah. And, and Mel, say what you will about Mel Gibson. The motherfucker can make a movie. Yes, he can. And, I mean, Apocalypto was one I hated when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. And then when I watch it again, I'm like, this is a fucking brilliant movie. Yep. Like, it's it's the fact that he took such a risk with, you know, uh, an ancient language and shit mm-hmm. like that. Um, Passion of the Christ is a piece of shit. I uh, still haven't seen that, and I have no fucking <sighs> desire to really so, ever get around. Like, even as, like, a one of those things you should, you should see it just to see it i just can't it's okay do it, so from this is my issue with it and this is coming from me being a, a fucking film cunt okay if i want to watch a movie where a dude gets the shit kicked out of him for two and a half hours i'll watch terminator because <laughs> literally the whole movie is just him getting his ass kicked i remember seeing it in the theater and people sobbing and listen if you believe that of course it's going to have an impact on you. And I, I can't lie that I was sitting there watching and I was like, wow, this is fucked up. Like, it's disturbing. Yeah. But I've watched so much fucked up horror in my life that not much is going to really fucking disturb me at this point. <laughs> I, I remember feeling like just rather uncomfortable watching. Yeah, dude. You know why? Because like, like you just said, you know, I've watched tons of horror, tons of gory shit, but this just like... The level of realism that yeah, it was Gibson, very, very graphic. You know, brought into this whole thing, it was just. It's well made by any standard. Uh, Jim Caviezel's great as as Jesus Christ. Are they doing the second one actually. They, they've been talking about that, it forever. Yeah, like two days ago, about they've been that. talking about it for so long. I mean, it was the highest grossing rated R movie until until recently. In fact, it was just. I mean, it made. Of course, that kind of movie makes a shit ton of money. <laughs> Every fucking Catholic church puts their fucking altar boy aside for a second and yeah, comes right. over. Jeez. Um, but uh, I, I mean. Honestly, I do. You, 
I don't. Do you need a sequel? Like, I guess it's, I'm just assuming it's the resurrection, dude. It, here we go. Anthology series, <laughs> Walking Dead, Jesus Christ. Oh, people are gonna get mad at me about that. Anytime uh, I talk bad about Jesus, people get fucking mad. Yeah, why? I know. I wonder why. Jesus has never caused any fucking international <laughs> conflicts or anything. Listen, they feel very strongly about the deity they, they believe in because they were born in a certain geographic location. Okay? That's. I mean, yeah. Okay. Just depending have on where some you respect. are. Respect. You some know, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. This. I have more respect for it than you do. Uh, <laughs> you have almost no respect for it. If you, I mean, I'll, I'll play along. If people want to do grace, you know, I'll, I'll just quietly. Yeah, there. I'm not going to be an asshole. Yeah, and sure. Start jerking off on dinner. Yeah, he's literally <laughs> like, "Oh, we're praying. Here's my cum." Yeah. Uh, I my thought on religion is I, I don't go into my own beliefs here, but my thought on any religion is if you're not an asshole about it and it gives you peace of mind, oh, 100%. and it isn't shaping your political beliefs. And laws More, are not being made. And laws are not being made because of it's yep. specifically that. Mm-hmm. And you you know, you talk about separation of church and state, and then you want to bring more church into it because it fits your narrative. As long as you don't do those things, pray to whatever fucking God you want. Yeah. Whatever gives you peace of mind, if it helps comfort you at night, if it helps you grieve, if it helps you with sobriety. I support that whole fucking heartedly. 100%. But if you're doing any of those other things, if you're committing acts of violence because of it, your religion can eat a fucking dick. Just for you, not for all your supporters. <laughs> it's like the classic thing. Not all Muslims yep. are terrorists, you know, like that, blah, blah, blah. It's, uh, religion sucks. It's just every time I get in, religion and politics, you can't have a real conversation about what most people, like you and I can, because we, even if we disagree on some things, we have an understanding of the, the crevices that each one of us is in. And the same thing with you, even if we disagree, Agree. We're like, oh, I can fit into that corner if I had to. I, yeah. I get that. I can make that compromise because we're just, we're, you know, we're, I may not always be the most rational human being, but we're all, no. we're all like, we're real adults. We're not just living in a delusionary. We're, well, we're willing game. to make compromise. We're not setting our beliefs. We don't have our opinions yes. made up before we hear something. And I'm very open to changing my opinion if new information is presented. Of course, if something comes out or if information comes out about something you believe being false or different, then you're like, ah, whatever. But some people, and we've talked about this on the show before, like uh, something comes out about some politician. We'll just say Trump, for example, and it, it looks really bad. And then all the people that hate him retweet it. It's got 23,000 retweets, right? And then a retraction comes out two hours later. It's got like 200 retweets because it doesn't fit how you feel. Uh, The whole system just needs to break. Yeah, man. <laughs> just break the whole fucking thing, please. Asteroid 2020. Uh, that's what I've been saying. I want. That's the one that's coming on election day. <laughs> fucking hit me right in the fucking asshole. <laughs> just blow me the fuck up. I don't want to. I want. I don't want to kill myself, but I don't want to be alive anymore. Right? Because everyone's a fucking asshole. Just get rid of it all. Throw it in the trash. <laughs> throw Taylor in the trash. Taylor first, then me. <laughs> I can't let Taylor outlive me. Uh, specifically. All right. Um. Uh, it sucks that Taylor's not here to talk about this, but there was a really good UFC this weekend. Mm. I was thrilled they made some money and. Dan Haggerty didn't because uh, he always goes off. He always goes off my bets, and he's won a couple times. He's lost a couple times, and I just decided I, I didn't even consciously do it. I was like, literally, like two hours before the fight, I was like, all right, I'm gonna pe- bet on these because the guy in the main event was the favorite, but I was convinced he was gonna win. I took an upset in the co-main because I was like, I, I think he's gonna win. Which, by the way, Taylor has lost another two fights against me picking, so he still has never beaten me in picking fights. <laughs> I think he's like 0 for 19 and one because there was really a draw in good there. God. Um, 
So um, I, I want, I want, I was happy about that. Um, the guy that took John Jones to the limit, Dominic Reyes, everyone was convinced. Oh, now that John Jones left, he's going to be champion. He almost beat John Jones. He got knocked the fuck out in the second round. <laughs> Did you see that picture of his rib cage that I posted, dude? No, dude, you got to see this. This usually, if you take like a bunch of good kicks to the ribs, by the third round, you'll start seeing some like general swelling. You know, mm-hmm. this was in the first round of the fight from the first oh, kick. Josh, man. that fucking literally wild, footprint. Dude. I said it looked like Wilson. That's me on the shitter. <laughs> <laughs> I said I that to Taylor. Just casually scrolling. <laughs> that, that's that's me on the shitter. I said that to Taylor. Um, dude, I said I'm it, so happy I don't get Snapchats of your dick peeing in the urinal. Okay, anymore. we need. I was <laughs> actually real, thinking because you're one of the few. Like you and ears are some of the only people that like remember that happening. It was a week. It was a it was a weekly thing. I'd wake up wait, Saturday wait, wait, morning wait. and I'd I'm, have a snap from you, and I'm like, oh, I, I'm talking nine about nine times out of ten. I'm talking about the original dick. time on Facebook when oh, I posted. Oh, 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 <laughs> when, yeah. So, Josh, yeah. why don't you tell it from your point of view? Because he was the designated <laughs> driver right, right. that night. So, uh, it was uh, one of our many outings at Applebee's. Yes, the Best Buy crew. Yeah. Best Buy. Um, and I pregame, didn't I? Yeah, you pregame. <laughs> so, I stopped to get gas. So, this didn't even happen at Applebee's. So, where all the good stuff just, happens. Just goes to show you how early in the fucking night this was. So. I stop and I get gas at the uh, the Hess that used to be over. Tire, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and he goes in. He's like, "Oh, I gotta. I'm gonna go inside and get something to drink." So he comes back out. He goes, "I just pissed all over my foot." <laughs> and I'm scrolling through Facebook and I'm like, "That's not all you did." <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so th- this was the fucked up part. I didn't have a smartphone at the time. It was just one of those things where you texted the Facebook number mm-hmm. and uploaded it. Yep. I woke up the next day and it's like, there's 30 comments on a video you posted. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And I watch it and I'm like, oh, that's my dick. That's my dick. That's my dick. And um, yeah, and then I just randomly would say, I think I snapped you Manfro's dick once when he was pissing. Yep. I just remember that because I was at a <laughs> UFC and my sister called me the next day. I was like passed out in the hotel. She's like, Dan, why did you? Send me Manfro's dick. I was like, <laughs> I don't know. It happens. I tr- I don't do that anymore. I know, like when I'm like peeing, just leave my phone somewhere else because I will get the desire to do that. Um, but yeah, um, I, I need to get back. <laughs> Kept talking about my dick on Facebook. Now um, the UFC. So the guy that b- almost beat John Jones. My logic on it was that. You know, we always get a little sticker shock when someone does really well when you don't expect them to. And yeah, no one expected yeah, yeah. this guy to have a good fight against John Jones. Or some people thought he won the decision. I scored it slightly for John, but I wouldn't have been mad if it went to him. You got to beat the champ, though, especially in those late rounds. So he's going against this guy, Jan Blakowicz, who, um, meddling fighter, but a pretty damn good one who's gotten better and better. But he's 37. Dominic Reyes is like 32. Um, I said, you know, I think that he, this guy that just fought John, his head got a little big. And I also realized, outside of Daniel Cormier, guys that fight John Jones tend not to do too well after. Yeah. And I don't know if he breaks them or something or if they think that, in most cases, he breaks them. In mm. the fights that where he's gotten life and death, like the biggest one was Alexander Gustafsson, another one where people thought he beat John and then he wouldn't shut the fuck up about it, that he deserved the title and he got knocked the fuck out in the first round in his next fight. Nice. You know, you, you definitely get a little arrogant. Like, I want life and death with the champ. Who the fuck is this guy? The most yeah dominant champ and 
Took all those kicks, got knocked out in the second round, and the next fight was the first time in UFC history in the ma- in any of the male weight classes that it was two undefeated fighters fighting each other. Mm. The current champ, Israel Adesanya, against um, Polo Costa, and a lot of people picked Costa in this one. Taylor did. Super aggressive, huge power. The guy is fucking huge, juiced to the gills, has a good chin, um, and... I don't think I think Adesanya got hit once. He did some wild matrix shit on him. He started hitting him with leg kicks, like he was doing kick to the calf, front kick to the cat ankle, and literally his ankle started swelling up. It looked like he was doing cupping therapy on his Jeez. leg, and then he landed some matrix shit, like a right hook that barely looked like it hit the guy's chin, knocked him out. Guy didn't get dropped by Yoel Romero, who's like the hardest hitting guy in the mm. sport right now, outside of Ngannou. One of the most spectacular performances in UFC history by anyone not named Anderson. Silva. Wow. Like, just unbelievable. And I don't know who can beat this guy at this weight class. Mm. The, the contenders, he's already beaten the guy. The, one of the, there's the guy, a fight coming up where the winner of this probably fights him next, and he already knocked out one of those guys to win the title in the second round. Jeez. So, he he's great. The next big card is Khabib fighting, defending his title for the first time in a long time against his toughest opponent, Justin Gaethje. Um, really excited for that one, but I uh, hung out, watched out with Taylor on Saturday night, had a good time. Um, it's the first time I'd hung out with Taylor, like, just me and him since we live together, which I, I kind of realized. I was like, holy shit, that was a long time ago now. <laughs> um, what do I have next? Um, let's see. We talk about Borat. Uh, so we're just talking a little bit about politics. I saw The Rock endorsed a political candidate for I the first that. time. Yep. So The Rock endorsed Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. And I, when I saw he did that, I was like, oh, boy. I was like, here comes the cancel culture on The Rock. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, you look at the tweets. Wow. I'll never pay for one of your movies again. Yeah. I was like, first off, yes, you will. Yeah. He's the highest grossing star in Hollywood yep. by a wide margin. <laughs> and my, my first thought, though, when I saw The Rock actually endorse someone, was, oh, I know what he's doing. Yeah, he's going for, for next, next he, He's going to run for, for some type of office, if not the president. Yep. He has to show where he at least aligns in this pivotal to a lot of people's election. Oh, 100%. This where it's, you know, you're evil. If, honestly, if you're on the right, the left is evil. If you're on the left, the right is evil, yada, yada. Yep. Um, and he said, all right, here we go. And um, I don't give a shit what any, who any celebrity endorses. As long as you're not a fucking uh, pedophile, rapist, criminal, it doesn't make a difference to me because you're not playing yourself in the movies I pay to see you in. Precisely. And I don't watch that many of The Rock's movies anyway. I like a lot of them. Uh, Jumanji was pretty funny. I, I actually the first one. I, the second one was really good too. I, don't think I, uh, this, this, I wish Danny DeVito was great in the second one. Danny DeVito's in it. Danny DeVito and Danny Glover are in it. Oh man! Um, then they no, brought in no, that that chick it. from that movie, The Farewell, that you watched. That um, the J- Chinese movie that when you came in, didn't you watch? What movie did you watch when you came in last time? Oh yeah, the yeah, farewell. the farewell. The yeah, chick that from that, that that chick from yeah, that Aquafina, yeah. she's in it, okay. and she plays um, Danny DeVito's in her body oh, in this one. The second one, it wasn't as good as the first, but it was still really that's good. Great. I need to see. And this. Now, did, did you watch the most recent Jumanji? As a rock fan, you need to, and you like the old Jumanji, right? Well, I mean, everybody did. It pays very good homage to the original while becoming its own thing. Yeah. The Rock and Kevin Hart have great chemistry. I'll watch any. Um, yeah, Absolutely. they're really, really well done movies. Yeah. Um, the the chick Karen Gillian. Is really good in it, the redhead girl, yeah. and Jack Black is a yeah, fuck. Jack Black in that movie has me fucking howling. Yep. Playing, a, he's it's Jack Black, but it, he's playing a teenage white girl. <laughs> it, it's so yeah. fucking funny. So, Fantastic. every uh, the Rock is canceled now. I saw about a, a documentary coming out. Um, it's called The Orange Years, and I think we'll all be interested in this. 
It's about Nickelodeon in the 90s. Okay. And all the okay. shows that, like, made, and how they were made and, like, how it was the inmates running the asylum. So you're talking about literally salute your shorts. Um, <laughs> hey, dude. What was that? Pete and Pete. Pete and Pete. Fuck yeah. Clarissa explains it all. The, the Adventures of Alex Mack. The Adventures of Alex Mack. Remember they used to have a fucking Animorph show on yeah, Nickelodeon? Yeah, yeah. They had an Animorph show. Then you're going to get into the, the Are cartoons. You the dark? Are you afraid of the dark? A fucking classic. I want some Eureka's Castle in there. <laughs> That's Nick Jr. Um, but I was trying to think like other those classic Nickelodeon shows. Obviously, all that Keenan and Kel. All, all that started an entire new thing. Like they took SNL, saw how that could be, and they, they were like, "Oh, we'll make it for yeah, fucking young, young kids." Yep. And it's funny when I think about like how hilarious it was when I was young, and I watched some of the old episodes recently. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> kids are fucking stupid." <laughs> like actually, Keenan and Kel is still kind of funny. There's been episodes I watched. I'm like, "All right, this I is funny." I think it's crazy years. that Keenan made a literal lifelong career out of sketch comedy. Yeah. Dude, good for him. And yeah. he's busting his ass, too, because he's still on SNL. Yeah. I think he's the longest-running cast is, member now. Yeah. And so. now he has his own uh, sitcom coming to um, NBC also. Who would have thought back then that Keenan would be the big one? When back then, it was, yeah, it was like, oh, it was Kel. Kel. It yeah. was Kel. Yeah. Kel had, like, one big movie, and it wasn't even good. Mystery Men. Oh, yeah. Mystery <laughs> Men was hard. <laughs> I wanted that to be, like, the best fucking movie. I know. Do you ever remember those movies from when you were young that you were, like, convinced were going to be so good? And maybe even back then, you kind of liked them. And now when you watch them. I remember one specifically that I think every kid was like about was Wild Wild West because <laughs> Burger King did the big oh, promotions yeah, for it yeah. where they had the sunglasses and the toys. Jesus, and mother- Wild- Will Smith turned down the Matrix to make Wild Wild West. He was supposed to be Neo. <laughs> Talk wow. about career. I mean, <laughs> not like Will Smith's doing badly or yeah, anything. Yeah, not, well, but, I mean, his wife is fucking some like 20 year old. Uh, no, it was an entanglement. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> There's a difference. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think like uh, Mystery Men I was really excited for. Yeah. There was one we talked about when we were reading the letterbox reviews. Corky Romano, I wanted to oh, love. Mm. It's so bad. Night at the Roxbury is not good. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. Um, it, it has some charm, but it's not good. What's well, that Eddie Griffin movie where you used to infiltrate the uh, white people? Infiltrate. Oh, Undercover Brother. Yeah, Undercover oh, Brother. <laughs> all right, wait, wait. there's some parts of Undercover Brother that are really funny. No, no, no. I was saying, I was saying that's one of the ones I watched like probably about five I, years ago, and I was like, oh wow, this is still funny. Like, it, dude, dude, the hot, the hot sauce it. in his fucking thing, <laughs> the, the mayonnaise. Dude. There's some when he fucking kicks the person up the ass and it goes through the X-ray. There's that movie is fucking funny. Oh, for sure. That one's 100%. real. Um, Pootie Tang. Oh, I, yeah. I love Pootie Tang. Mm. He's he's dodging the bullets with his fucking ponytail like the Matrix and Louis C.K. I wrote that fucking movie. That's the funniest part. I remember really wanting to like Blue Streak when I was young, and that wasn't very good. Nice. Martin Lawrence had a lot of those. Yeah. Where he was like, I remember I remember when I was young, I thought Big Mama's house was good, and it's not. Yeah. It's, it's really not. It's like terrible. he was trying to do the Eddie Murphy thing, you know, but Eddie fucking, Murphy was was, was uh, funny. You got those two, Black Knight. Oh, yeah, that was, that was so bad, oh, dude. Man, I forgot about that. I know. That's like, it's funny because that, I don't know what they were trying to do because that wasn't that long after a classic childhood uh, movie was A Kid in King Arthur's Court. And I was about that fucking movie. Yep. That was the same kid that was in like Rookie of the Year yeah, and shit, year. who yeah. was then in American Pie. Yep. He was the one dating Tara Reed in those yep. movies, yep. which is so weird because he looked exactly the same as he did. <laughs> in, like he hadn't grown up at all. Yeah. Rookie of the Year was like one of my favorites growing up. Uh-huh. That was like part of those really. Oh, everyone loved it. Every, dude, Everyone I remember trying to recreate.
create that so I could throw a baseball and I just hurt myself. <laughs> Made a fucking ass of myself. So there's that. Um, let's see. So this will be the first year that no Marvel movies come out in the theater. Yeah. Because Black Widow was officially delayed to May of 2021. Yeah, man. And unfortunately, um, because despite how fucking awesome it was, Tenant is not recouping its budget um, because of the restrictions on movie theaters. Uh, Marvel Disney was like, nope. Yeah. And we're not releasing this right to streaming because it's mm. a fucking Marvel movie. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why they couldn't do... I guess because it's technically Disney... Mar- I mean, they own Marvel. You know, uh, I, I thought it was kind of weird because they were on track to make some decent money with Mulan until... Uh China boycotted it, which China <laughs> did. China officially boycott it. N- not China, China, but the the citizens of China because of the it. because of the um, where they filmed it. Yeah, but like I guess like well, people. Like, are, it, so from what I read, it took some. I heard um, the first week it did two hundred and thirty million dollars in rentals. Yeah, which is a wild number considering in the first two weeks, Tenant did two hundred and five million. Yeah. Um, I, well, I know it, it got a ton of backlash after it came out, and that's the reason I wouldn't pay for it, even though I watch it, and it was not good. Yeah. If you you still have to watch it. It's on my Plex. It's not good. You just need to see exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, Is the little dragon in it? No, no, it's not. Which, it tried being a more, like, realistic kind of thing. Like, they tried doing, like, a Last Samurai thing with it, but the difference oh. was The Last Samurai is awesome, and this yeah. wasn't. Okay. Um, it, it took away all the conflict that was in the classic cartoon. Like, you know how it was, like, this? she wasn't coordinated or anything, mm-hmm. and, like, yeah. she had to train... She was, like, instantly gifted from the time she was a little girl, like, jumping off roofs and landing oh, on her okay. feet. And then it, it was, like, she's... Her dad's, like, this was my... my um, I have to go off to war. This was my uh, my gear that I wore before my leg. She's, like, oh, okay, bye, Dad. Then she takes the gear and leaves. Mm-hmm. And then she's instantly the best in the camp. And it just had no fucking pull, no conflict. And then in the credits, they're thanking the the Chinese propaganda. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they filmed it right outside the where Muslim the, the Muslim concentration yeah. camps, which is one of the most horrific atrocities that no one in our country seems to want to talk about. And that's on all fronts. It's not a left or right thing. It's everyone's a scumbag thing. And I've talked about it here. I've talked about it on Facebook. And it's funny. I'll post something about that, what's happening there. No traction. Post something remotely critical of Trump, Biden, anything. I get fucking ridden (laughs) into the fucking ground. But literally, I guess we we didn't mean never again after the Holocaust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I guess so. Watching the landlord's interaction with that one person you know who I'm talking about. Yes, yeah. Yeah, is one of my favorite. Things. Oh my god! I, every time I see like this person comment and this person comment, like, it's like Fuck I'll, I'll yeah. be in, right. I'll be in the other room and should be like, he's pissing me off. <laughs> it's like go look. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yep, yep. And yeah, she's like, this is what I'm going to say. I'm like, yeah, 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 go for uh-huh. it. And I, and it's funny because I I like him. I, I've always liked him. I've gotten a lot, I've spent a lot of time with him growing up. I used to like him, but I think he sucks. He he's he's I've, he's an ass. He's an ass. I don't know him well enough to really no, have an it, What's funny is when you hang out with him, it's nothing like that. Like, it's just, he's one of these people that, he even had an interaction recently with another person we graduated with, where he was talking about, uh, he posted something about people not wanting to work, and this dude's like, I lost my job, you think I don't want to work? Like, <laughs> I had my own business, and it had to close it down, and he, he, and then the person we're talking about came back with some, like, really snarky shit, and he's like, really, dude? And he's like, I'm sorry that my, and I think he's one of these people that, what he's trying to say often, he does not know how to portray it on social media properly. I would agree. Because if you remember... Uh, he only got on social media within the last like couple years. I remember back in the day when all of us were on MySpace, all of us were on AIM, this motherfucker didn't have an email address. <laughs> like I had to make him one at his house like when we were juniors in high school. So he, I, he's not a bad dude he, at all. He just has very um, small, uh, narrow-minded worldview that he will not shake from. And you. it's also because of his religion. <laughs> Theme of the day. <laughs> yeah, fair 
enough. Uh, pretty much. Um, so MLB playoffs started. Last I saw, Yankees were up 2 nothing. Yep. Um, now, I, I Taylor texted us, and he's like, put a bet on the Twins to win the World Series. I was like, that's a stupid fucking bet. <laughs> the Twins, I got my numbers wrong before. The Twins today lost their 17th straight playoff game. Jeez. Just by well, also half the reason is because they play the Yankees every we time in the playoffs. Weren't they just in the World Series like last year? No, not the Twins. No, the Twins haven't been since. Uh, I'm thinking of the Indians. No, the, the Indians Indi- and the Cubs. The, okay, yeah, the bad. Indians and the, the Cubs a couple Native couple years American. ago. Yeah, the other. <laughs> so the Yankees are up two nothing right now. Uh, the Rays are up on the Blue Jays three one. The Astros, which were one of my world my actual World Series pick, are up three uh, four. They won four one, and the White Sox beat the Athletics four one, proving once again that Moneyball doesn't win shit in the playoffs. You're not built for that. You know where it would work is if every Every playoff series, and I would not be against this, is a seven-game series, wild-card round through. Because then it would be like a real game where you're using your entire rotation one through five. I, that, to me, would be the most pure form of the playoffs. But it's meant to be. It's a fucking crapshoot. That's why the playoffs are exciting because it, it kind of everyone goes to a zero-and-zero zero record, and you got to get creative. But with these three-game series, you don't. some fucking weird team is going to get to the World Series. And it's probably going to be Wait, the more... All the series three games? No, just this oh, first okay. round. Okay. So literally, you lose two games in a row, you're done. Um, that's why the first game is so important. And I, I think it's going to be some weird team. Like, the fucking Marlins are in, right? Marlins haven't made the playoffs since 2003. Mm. Okay? They did, before that, they hadn't made the playoffs since 1997. They've never made the playoffs besides those two years. Jeez. Each time, they won the World Series. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. They've never won a division. They've won two World Series. Meanwhile, the Mets oh, haven't shit. fucking won a World Series in what 1986. The, what does that do to the psyche of a Mets fan if the Nationals win the World Series and then the Marlins win the World Series the very next year? <laughs> Honestly, um, the Nationals bothers me more than the Marlins because I actually have a respect for the way the Marlins did it mm. um, because, you know, they unloaded... Um, the the reigning MVP in Giancarlo Stanton uh, after they already signed him to a huge contract. Yeah. Uh, they unloaded Christian Yelich who won the MVP the next year and Marcelo Zuna who is a consistent MVP candidate. And within three years of that, they're a really good team. They stacked their farm system and they don't even have their top three prospects up yet on the major league level. Mm-hmm. Um, John Sterling had a really good um, a slip up the other day. There's a guy on the Marlins named Chaz, uh, or it's, uh, Chaz Chisholm and he goes, Chaz Jism, <laughs> and they kept playing a boomer card. Jism, Jism. <laughs> um, but so who, who do you think is actually going to be in the World Series at this point, Josh? I don't know, dude. It's so weird with the way that everything's been, you know, like teams have ups and downs. The Yankees win 10 in a row, yeah, five in yeah. a row. You know, there's no way to really know. You know, obviously, I want the Yankees in of there. Course. Uh, I think they have the ability to do it. Do you want to hear an interesting Yankees statistic? Sure. So this year, they uh, their record against the Orioles and Red Sox was 16-4. and four. The record against teams with a winning record was 10-17. and 17. Yep. Um, they're a really streaky team. Yep. Their defense wasn't good this year. No. The bullpen took a huge step back without Avino and Green not being their usual dominant self. Um, and their pitching is decent. I wouldn't say great. Decent. Cole's been great. Tanaka's been okay, but he's a big game pitcher, so you're confident he's going to bounce back. Yep. Hap's been really good this year. I don't know. It's it comes. I don't. Down. I don't think they'll be there. I want them to be there, and I think that they can be there, and I think they have the ability to prove me wrong. They wouldn't even been a playoff uh, team if this was translated to a 162 game season. They would have been the the sixth seed, which wouldn't even be a wild card. But I know. 
How my sports luck has been. The Blue Jays will win it. <laughs> uh, the Blue Jays or the Astros will be in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to roll with what I originally picked. Um, Astros, Dodgers. Um, which I think it's definitely Dodgers on the NL side. Uh, I don't see... That's what's crazy here when you think about it. They've won eight straight division titles. We yeah. talked about it before. They've spent all this fucking money, right? you got to win a World Series at yeah. some point. I know now you got Mookie Betts, yeah. best, one of the best players in baseball. you got Cody Bellinger. Clayton Kershaw's got to pitch better. you got a really, really good team, but the Brewers are not... A bad team, and in a three-game series, it, it, dude, it's literally two games. You lose two games in a row, which happens to every team in a season. You don't go undefeated. You lose five in a row, six in a row. Sometimes yeah. you can't lose two in a row. Yeah. You can't lose two with three. So literally, some top team is going to get knocked off without a doubt. The Twins lost today, for example, which yeah. big fucking surprise. Um, it. It, it would be awesome if it's two teams no one expects. I, the Rays coming out of it would not be surprising. That's why I picked them before the season started. I wouldn't be. I'd be more mad if the Blue Jays made it. Well, the Rays you got to respect like I do with the Marlins because they always seem to do this the right way. Yeah, yeah. I mean they, they're they're fine. Look, obviously they're they're a division rival, and I don't want to see. Of them course win, not. Of course it, not. It's it wouldn't surprise me. I, my, and I wouldn't be overly my, my hatred angry for the Marlins isn't like the Nationals, Braves, and Phillies. I still right. hate them. Yeah, I still hate them. I would rather their fucking plane crash and them win anything. See, like I but, hate the Red Sox. Obviously, of course, of I course. Must. <laughs> yeah, I hate the I hate the Blue Jays because their fucking fans suck. Yeah, the Canadians. Yeah. Um, I don't. I can't hate the Orioles because they just they suck so bad and I yeah. feel bad for them. And every time they're decent, the Yankees still kick their asses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Every time the Rays suck, they beat the Yankees. Every time the Rays are good, they beat the Yankees. It's <laughs> well, that's why I picked the Rays coming into the season to win the division because I said in in a shortened season, just the way they play works for 60 games. Yeah. They play they play the game the right way. They're the only team that consistently makes an opener work, which annoys the piss out of me as a baseball purist. But they they play really good baseball, fundamental baseball. The things that the Mets don't do well, that the Yankees haven't done well this year, the base running, the defense, yeah. getting creative with four outfielders, which always looks fucking bizarre, but they read their analytics really well. Mm-hmm. And their GM, Charlie Bloom, is the guy that uh, the Mets could have hired, but they hired Brody Van Wagenen. Yeah, the, the, one, the one thing that I have... Great! <laughs> the one thing I have that I hope for is that uh, either Giancarlo or Judge can get hot and stay hot because if that happens... Yeah, I mean, you need one of them because yeah. right now, go, towards the end of the season, they lost... Uh, they were 2-6 and six in their last eight, I believe, after yeah. winning 10 in a row. Um, the, the, when both of them go cold, the whole lineup seems to be. I mean, I thought it was insane that you didn't have Andujar on the roster for the playoffs, or at yeah, least a series. Very oh, silly. and you put Mike Ford over, who's batting 158 this year, yeah. and you kept Gary Sanchez on, who I know he has 11 home runs, but he's batting 170. You gotta, you gotta keep. And he's the not guys even catching. On. You gotta keep the guys on that you know can go on streaks. Dude, who do you want up in a pinch hit situation? Miguel Andujar or Gary Sanchez? Andujar. Andujar, the guy that got, even if he only bats 220, he's not batting 170. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It's I mean, listen, they're winning right now, and they, they got two runs off the guy who was the best pitcher in baseball this year. Struck out 122 batters in 74 innings with a 1.8 ERA. Shane Bieber, they're up 3 nothing now. Well, let's see who scored the runs for him to see who got hot. Judge hit a home run, two-run home run, and go. Voigt drove in a run. Cole, uh, two innings so far, four strikeouts, only one hit. Uh, yeah, and they're tagging Shane Bieber. That's the way to do it. I mean, you're going to have to beat good pitching, and that's something they haven't been able to do this year. So, uh, it's going to be a really cool postseason. Um, uh, Pat, your Lakers are in the NBA Finals. <laughs> As a Celtics fan, how mad were you? About the Lakers getting into the Finals or about us? Both. About our last Which one were you more mad about? 
I bet you it was the Lakers getting into the yeah, finals. You were more mad about it. 100%. I said from the beginning that uh, as soon as the bubble started, that if anyone but the Lakers won, it was a legitimate title. If the Lakers win, <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Who, I don't, I don't why, care. Does, why is it an asterisk if they win, but not anyone else? Because they're just piece of shit <laughs> fucking... I want We don't get a lot of the basketball rivalry talk. Oh, so as a Celtics man. fan, this is nice. You really it, what? You probably hate the Steelers more than anyone, right? Uh, no, Patriots. The Patriots. Patriots. Okay. I will. I, I about two or three years ago, actually, uh, on all the Ravens fan pages, somebody finally like asked it. Even like we'd all been feeling it, but nobody would admit it. Somebody finally was like, "Hey, um, is anyone else rooting for the Steelers instead of? The, or is anyone else rooting for the Patriots? Or uh, yeah, is anyone else rooting for the Steelers instead of the Patriots this game?" And was everyone like, and "Yeah." Everyone was like, "Oh my god, I thought I was the only one." <laughs> like the Ravens as a fan base because there's been no one that has fucked us over in the playoffs like the Patriots. Yeah. We've played them in three AFC championships. Well, I hate the I hate the Ravens rounds. just because they beat the shit out of the Dolphins Dude, every I, time. I and don't know why. We I just... do know why because you guys are tough and well coached and the Dolphins have been a finesse pussy bitch team for years. Yeah. <laughs> so the Lakers being in and do you think they're going to beat the Heat? Oh, 100%. I think... Uh, Taylor I th- put money on the Heat also, which, and listen, they respect Where's Eric Spolstra. Where's he getting Spolstra. his fucking betting advice from, Jerry? I guess yeah, so. Why doesn't he just give me money? If he money? <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, Taylor, if you got money laying around... Listen, listen, I, I got to give the Heat some props. They, they, No one expected them to do this. I mean, Pat Riley, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, he might be a better executive than he was as a coach. With oh, what he's done, the, every time the Heat go through a lull, it's not very long. Yes. They're right back. And, and he rebuilds they, it, he gets the they right found the perfect pieces. Jimmy Butler found the perfect spot for the yep. way he plays. Spolstra is a super underrated coach. I and, still don't like him. But you don't have to like him, most, but he's really good at what he does. His resume is with Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade. But, but here's the thing, James. but here's the thing with basketball. More than anything else, coaches especially in today's NBA, it's about knowing how to massage egos and how to deal with them. Yeah. And specifically when you have those kind of players, it's what Phil Jackson was so good at. Yeah. He was one of the first guys to really figure out that he had this uh, crazy group of personalities. And that's what it he's comes down to. Get, he's letting Rodman, go to, Rodman go to Vegas during the playoffs. Yeah. Like, so I got to let him get it out of Spolstra, him. Go that's crazy. why Spolstra is so good with Jimmy Butler because he knows how to massage a personality perfectly. Mm. Um, I do. I mean, I've been watching it from a distance. I watch a few of the Lakers games. I watch the Celtics Heat series. Um, I, I know you hate him. I love watching LeBron play. I, do, I, I specifically love this version of LeBron as a facilitator because his passing vision is so good. 100%. And that's the thing. I'm a realistic Le- LeBron James. You don't say he sucks. I, yeah, I would never. <laughs> yeah, you're not an idiot. No, he's a once-in-a-generational talent. I just don't have respect for him when someone rondo size barely brushes against him, and he's oh, on yeah. the floor holding a knee. Well, like, get fucked, well, dude. You're 6'8", 320. Well, like, if this is going to be my argument. This is going to be my argument, and you. this is a lot like Trump's he's taxes. Fucking bitch. This is a lot like Trump's taxes. It's smart. If you know you're yeah, going to get the yeah, call, yeah, it's, sure. it's smart. For Not sure. saying I agree with uh, anything with the taxes or that, but yeah. if he's my player and he's getting to the line every time because of shit like that or getting yeah. the ball back, I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's it'll be an interesting series. Uh, the Lakers will win in five. Um, it'll be interesting to see how... How, I'm listening. I how lost my up pen. to the task uh, Bam is. If yeah, he's, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to see if he steps it up. I'm really hoping against all hopes that uh, Andre Iguodala has one last series in him. Dude, he's, he's been to six straight I don't finals. Care. Yeah, I don't care. I just hope he's got one last series because he shut LeBron. I and mean, he was the finals MVP in 2007. Dude, his defense. It's, but, so I, I was listening to this argument the other day on the radio. Of all the, the supporting cast that LeBron's had through the year, 
is Anthony Davis the best player he's had? Like when you think about where they were in their career, because he had yeah, Dwayne yeah. Wade when he was yeah. a little bit older. Yeah. I, Kyrie's I really good, obviously, but yeah. I would say what Anthony Davis oh, can yeah, do, 100%. being a big man, being 100%. able to shoot. From, yeah, I, I think so, too. Not even up for debate. And I then mean, playoff Rondo is fucking out of his mind. He'll he'll be ass most of the regular season. Then he gets in the playoffs. He's like, yep. If, if Rondo can get over his ego and just stop telling himself that he can shoot, he would be a much better point guard. Yeah, like but he uh, just can't get. That's over like that. every, like the entire ball family. Like yeah. what's his name? Lonzo <laughs> would be a really good point guard if he just facilitated because yeah. he plays good defense. Yeah. But he Great thinks he defense. can shoot threes and and yeah. he can't even shoot you, foul shots. He can't do shit. All right. <laughs> there's only um, one. There's only one guy that could ruin it for LeBron though. LeBron, J.R. Smith, J- oh, <laughs> again. Yeah. Oh, I fucking hate J.R. Smith oh, so much. God, when he came into Best Buy, yeah, yeah, that was uh, Rex Ryan, Antonio Cromartie, J.R. Smith. Did with Antonio the, Cromartie have his twenty-seven kids with him? No, Rex Ryan was fucking fat though. He was actually <laughs> I, uh, uh, on subject. He was wearing a Lakers like tracksuit. <laughs> I walked up to him. And I was like, I, it was when he was the Jets coach. I was like, hey man, how's it going? He's, he's talking to him. He's like, I'm a big Dolphins fan. And he's like, yeah. He's like, you guys always give us trouble. I was like, I know. I was like, I love it. He, I was, I, I liked Rex after that. I was like, all right, he was cool. Because cool. that was when he was the big bravado and just wouldn't shut the fuck up. And is he got when, a. Is that when he had Sanchez's? He tattoo? got the Sanchez tattoo. <laughs> oh my! He makes me laugh in media where he, he's even made like foot jokes about himself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right. He fully owns it. He, he gets it. He gets it. Yeah. And I love what Rob Ryan looks like. Yep. He yeah. looks so disheveled. Uh, let's see. Um, there was a Josh. This is uh, pertaining to you. Okay. A teacher in France was fired, kindergarten okay. teacher, for their tattoos. Okay. Because every inch of his body is tattooed. Yeah. His tongue is tattooed. That's weird. The whites of his eyes are tattooed. That's. That's. And nice. he's trying to fight it, and he's like, um, "This is who I am, and this should be teaching kids about acceptance." And there's a level of uh, truth to that if you're talking about the content of your character. But when you're teaching kindergarten kids, and the parents complain is that my kid has nightmares. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I think there's certain professions where you, you shouldn't be showing your tat. I mean, I think in a couple, you know, 10, 20 years, because of how tattoos are now, it's going to be far more accepted. I still wear long sleeves most of the yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, just, you have to yeah. in certain professions. I mean, yeah. you don't. You work at a, fu- a fucking range. Like, shit. I, it, half the people come in having worse tattoos. The way worse tattoos. Not that yours are bad. You know what I'm saying, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I realize how I said that. I was like, that's not what I mean. But, um... Uh, as a teacher, I definitely don't think you're supposed to be showing tattoos because you it could that could be seen as influencing the children and parents may have certain views about it. Oh, which I, I but when you're a teacher, you do take different liberties. You can get fired if there's a picture of you with a beer next to you on your social media. That's true. That's true. It's there's certain levels of responsibility. Right. So in this situation, this is obviously the drastic case. This guy has the fucking whites of his eyes tattooed. Yeah. What a fucking asshole. Yeah, that's a little out there. Yeah, that's a little too much for me. Yeah, like, like there, there are certain things that I wouldn't do. You know, like I would never get a face tattoo. No, no, no never. Just wild. I, and I think the, anything like, above the shoulders is risky. I would yep, get a neck yep. tattoo, but I wouldn't get a throat tattoo. No, no. My friend's mom had a New Jersey Devils tattoo on her neck when oh, she was geez. Danny Appel's mom when yeah. she was like fifty. Damn. Yeah, that's a little. Yeah. Um, my, my only argument with that is if he's that tatted up, he didn't just show up. On Monday, yeah, right. Cover, like this was a progressive thing that somebody, sh- if they if they saw him going down a road, they're like, listen, you can do everything, but not the yeah, eyes. Yeah, I know. Like when did with the eyes, uh, like, dude? I saw the picture of him. It would give me nightmares. Okay, but my whole point is that took yeah. Where did they? Where when was the when was the hours. line drawn? Or was yes. the kid? Were the ki- and his argument was my students are fine with it. This was a student from another class that saw me and was scared. Mm. 
Uh, I don't know. And I also don't know how the fucking school system works in France to say, like, are you contractually... Obviously, he's not protected by a union. Yeah. But uh, unions probably have provisions in place that say you can't do shit like that. Just like you can't have a picture of you with booze up on there. Yeah. That's why every teacher you know doesn't have their actual last name on Facebook. Dude, a lot of them do coke, though. <laughs> like Dude, wouldn't amount, you? A surprising amount If of you were a teacher, wouldn't coke. you? I mean, probably. Yeah. yeah, I would be doing fucking meth and PCP. <laughs> Uppers, downers, up my ass, everything. Christ. Um, so this is my James Dolan story. Apparently, some congressman um, went on some podcast or radio show talking about how James Dolan needs to sell the team. Oh, 100%. He's running into the ground. Oh, absolutely. So ja- what was James Dolan's response? He Go is getting all his friends and himself to <laughs> donate to the person running against this congressman. <laughs> Listen, you know what? I like that. I, I actually respect that. <laughs> yeah. I have a level of respect. Like, oh, you want to shit talk me and my team? Fuck you. Here are my multi billion dollar donors to your opponent, douchebag. That's great. I, I, I enjoyed Put your money that. Where your mouth is, you know? Yep. Um, what do you think about the condoms in Vietnam, Pat? Oh, uh, well, I haven't used one since I was like 12 or so. So, uh, I mean. Congrats I to your girl on that one. She hit the fucking the, the, the genetic lottery. Oh, man. She's, she's got hepatitis 12, bro. <laughs> Ran out of letters. <laughs> they ran out of letters. This so when you numbers. saw this story about Vietnam and that this, <laughs> she's recycling condoms, dude. And they said it was one. It was one person cleaning them. Ugh. How? <laughs> That's like, do you like wrong. wring it out, or is she like <laughs> twisting it inside out and go? Licking well, I mean, it. Yeah, like the most efficient way has to just be like sliding it over, like either like a dildo or something of that shape. Yeah. What they said, she, it, she had something to reshape it. Oh, man. Like, that's... dude, listen, smart hustle because American company, it was American companies buying them. I didn't know that. It's part. probably like dollar it store condoms. Because like I definitely, no, I definitely was the guy that went to Just a Buck and bought rubbers before, <laughs> which was very risky. I was Oof. better off pulling out yeah. or even not <laughs> than using that. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, Okay, so how long has this been going on? Oof. Recycled condoms. So how long what was a fucking it? Fucking job description. How long How'd did you this put that on Craigslist? Yeah. <laughs> seeking seeking someone with small hands to wash used oh, condoms. It was one person doing it. It's fucking. Gross. It was one person, like three hundred thousand condoms, which means she's been doing this for a while. One hundred percent. She's probably selling them like for five cents per, like a box of them. She's like, here's five dollars in a fucking rice patty. Jesus. Fucking disgusting. I love it though. I was someone was like, how much would you have to pay to to do that I was like not like there's no money in the world that would make me say no I would just do it like that's a good resume filler um dedication you know the last thing I had before we go into football um I saw this tweet from a person that's running against the great Nancy Pelosi and then I have 15 pictures of Michael Sarah in my phone um (laughs) that fucking poor person um so her name's Deanna Lorraine she's running against Nancy Pelosi you're running in California bitch you don't have a chance like so she this was her tweet two days ago I find it very interesting how the show Mask Singer hit America in January 2019, a little bit over a year before they started forcing us all into masks. Oh. It's almost like they were beginning to condition the public that Holy masks were normal and cool. Shit. The media is demonic. Oh of all the conspiracies God. you go with, you, you should never use the backing for your conspiracy theory to the, the that low-level reality television is the basis of it because My if there's God. anything that's consistent in America, it's that Americans love really bad television like The Masked Singer. Yeah. And, I mean, I remember when that came out, um, Shaggy was a big fan of it, and I wanted to kick him in the fucking teeth because, I listen, 
there's certain people that I know that if they watch that, I'm like, all right, you like dumb shit, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can't sit there and tell me that that shit is cool, like lip sync battle. Some of those videos are funny. Don't get oh, me 100%. wrong. But over a 30 minute to an hour show where lip syncing is lip syncing is not a skill the choreography is a skill yep. there's no talent to lip syncing you know the song Mem- your memory is your fucking talent yep. anyone any jerk off with an IQ of 40 listens to a song enough he's gonna remember the fucking lyrics yeah 100% so this is one of my favorite people we got these people running for congress some of the insane QAnon people running for office it, it's just it, everyone just needs to go away just hit a reset button I'm ready for whatever give me anything else anything else than what we have I completely agree Doug Douglas Adams uh, once said, uh, any, any man who has the power to become president should under no circumstances be allowed to do so. And I feel that way about every politician on every level. Yeah. Like, even like West Milford for this shitty little town we're in. Like if you're on town council, you've yeah. done something shitty enough that well, you have some kind of like dirt. I have a friend. Whatever. I have a friend that runs on, he was running on the Libertarian bill. Now he's running on the Republican bill. Uh, Mike Chazakow is his name. Chaz, he's been running the last few years. He came actually, he got a lot of votes in the last election on the Libertarian party. Mm. They invited him to help um, organize things for the town council, and he's mm-hmm. running again on the Republican bill. I will vote for him as a friend. I know what his actual policies are, what he wants to do. There you go. Um, but it's West Melford, so what much? What's, what's really going to get done? <laughs> oh, we got fucking a new parking lot. Great, it still sucks. Yeah. All right. Um, before we start our week th- four NFL picks, I want to start a new segment that we'll do each week, and maybe I'll add some new awards to this. But week to week awards for each team. Um, the first one you start out with, who's the best team in the league right now? Oh, uh, it's the, it's the Chiefs, right? I was gonna say Broncos. It, it's the Chiefs. You're gonna say Broncos? <laughs> it's the Chiefs. Okay, who's the worst team in the league right now? Jets. Jets. Yeah, Jets. It's okay. So then we go with who's the MVP so far this season? Mahomes. Um, no, Russell Wilson right now for me. 14 touchdowns, one interception. He's on pace for Russell 74 Wilson. touchdowns. Um, he's completing 77% of his passes. Right now, it's Russell Wilson. Mahomes made it a lot closer with his performance on Monday night, of course. Dude, he's a um, defensive player of the year right, ne- right now for me is probably Shaq Barrett on, the, on Tampa Dude, Bay. Melvin Ingram. Ingram. That Chargers Chiefs game, they 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 showed the blueprint. But, you but no, but here's the, here's what's crazy. I was telling Taylor about this in all of his games against the uh, Chargers in his career. Pat Mahomes has never eclipsed 300 yards. It's really? one of those teams that play him oh, okay. very, very. It's okay, very I interesting. That. I didn't know that until I saw it either. I was like, no yeah. shit. Sometimes you just play like Tom Brady in Miami doesn't play as well. It's one of those weird things. So all right, who is the most embarrassing team in the NFL right now? Falcons. And I was going to say, Josh, Josh, I got to ask you. I really need to get into this. So I've long said that I would rather my – Pat, you were with me week one last year when the Ravens played the Dolphins. And I was fine. Like, you kept saying sorry. I was like, dude, glow. I I don't care. It was like 55 I know. I think the final score was 63 to 10. 10. So I've long said that I would rather lose every game like that, get blown out every fucking game, than lose in the last seconds on a field goal, um, things like that. And I would much rather lose on a last-second – field goal, then blow 15-point leads yeah. in back-to-back weeks. Yeah. Since 2016, 2016, Dan Quinn's Falcons have blown five leads where they had they were up by 15 points or more. In okay. the fourth or in the second half? It, or in, in the second half. In the second half. 15 okay. points or more. In that same time, no team has blown more than one. And the Falcons have blown five under Dan Quinn. Yeah. And not only that... The Falcons did it in back-to-back weeks, and that's not even talking about twenty-eight to three. 
Josh, if there was ever a time to say I'm done with this team right now, and I don't ever support abandoning your team, and if you do abandon your team, you go back to them when you feel comfortable with them. Right. You don't go find another team like no. some people I know. You, 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 this is the time because they've shown an unwavering loyalty to a man that doesn't deserve it. Yeah. And you ruined pretty much the prime of Matt Ryan's career. He got one MVP. He got what? Six playoff wins out of it, maybe five or six. Yeah. Um, a, su- a Super Bowl appearance, and other than that, you know, he's he's had some really good years. He's had some. I would say he's probably had as many good years as average, and maybe like two or three bad seasons by his standards. Yeah. Wasted the prime of Julio Jones, one of the generational talents yeah. at his position. Wasted a very good running back in Devontae Adams. Wasted another good running back in Tevin Coleman. Wasted the end of Tony Gonzalez's career. Yep. Wasted good. Well, Col- no, 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 that wasn't Quinn. That was uh, that was Smith. I'm talking as a friend. Franchise, as oh, a franchise, okay. Okay? okay? So, as a franchise, w- he needs to stop picking coaches that are nice guys. You know, uh, that, that's what it comes down to. All right, so there's a there's an X factor here. You know, uh, Blank's issue is that he's a great guy. And he's very loyal. He's a very loyal guy. He's had somebody running the team since the Jim Moore Jr. days, uh, Rich McKay. Yeah. Rich McKay was the GM, uh, and then they had that uh, Bobby Petrino season. And that he was didn't the- fire him. But he made him the VP of football operations, yeah. and his job is to find a GM, and his mm-hmm. job is to hire coaches. Unwavering uh, loyalty. So I think what the issue is, is it starts at the top. You've got to get rid of McKay. Yeah, probably. You've got to get rid of Dimitrov at this point. You know, these contracts have been terrible. The drafts haven't um, been particularly great overall, specifically on the defensive side of the right. ball. The free agent signings haven't been much better either. Yeah. you you got you to gotta find, uh, find a football guy. To be your football czar, yeah, you know, if you, you, it doesn't have to be like a Parcells type when he like, was in but, Miami. like Ozzie Newsome in it, Baltimore, it, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, you know, I got you, you need a guy that's gonna brilliant, that's gonna I. You don't even need what Rich McKay does. You just need to hire a competent general manager. Yeah. You know, they had Scott Pioli for a while. Who was Scott, gr- Yeah, he was great. He was great for them. He helped rebuild it. Yeah, and they just kind of got rid of him for no. I think and this is this is the thing where the Falcons have been besides the the Super Bowl year and a couple mm-hmm. others where they were decent is the worst thing you could be in any sport is middling. Yeah. Where you're you're 6 and 10 to 8 to 9 and 7. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the worst thing you could be because and again it doesn't mean that because it's not because you're not getting high draft picks. Mm-hmm. It's because you're you're never as close as you think you are to being good, but you're a lot closer to being bad so, than you think you are. The Dolphins yeah. I know better than anyone. 7 and 9, 7 and 9, 7 and 9, 7 and 9, 5 and 11. If you look back on the Super Bowl year, uh, they weren't particularly good that year. You know, they had a nice record. They finished. They were balanced. Five. Yes, they, it wasn't even that they were balanced. They had a very good offense. And, yes, and they well, it was a balanced offense, is what I mean. You weren't particularly well coached, but the thing with that Shanahan did is he figured out what he had. Yeah, and he laid a blueprint out for it. So okay, yeah, obviously he played to his offensive strengths, like you're seeing. He's going to get Ravens do. He's going to get hired as a head coach. Of course, that, obviously. Yeah, he was in the running years before how do you that too. Not. Follow the same blueprint he had. You bring in another offensive coordinator that wasn't even part of that system, and he installs a totally new system from college. Sucked in college. Obviously, he's going to suck in the NFL. Yeah. You know how are you going to take a veteran quarterback, one of the greatest wide receivers of all time, and a decent offensive line, and say, "Hey, everything that was working for you guys, we're going to do something completely different." Yep. It's. I I agree that Arthur Blank. He, and then it's and then unwavering loyalty. They fucking, they fire this guy, and they hire a guy that they fired. Before. Yep. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? You're going to bring back a guy. Okay, yeah, he was a head coach. I still don't understand why he was a fucking head coach, but you're going to bring back <laughs> a guy that you fucking fired because he couldn't take 
You're very good quarterback. And his name sounds like Dick Cutter. <laughs> and your all-time great wide receiver. You couldn't figure out how to make these two guys reach their potential. Well, yeah, to keep make sure Julio Jones only scores, what, three touchdowns Dude, in a season? It's, it's, it's maddening. I, right? I, I don't get it. And you, 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 know, you got Ridley, and he's scoring seven, eight a year. He probably would have scored over ten last year if he didn't miss the last four sure. games. You know, he's already on pace this year to score like 16, 17 yeah. touchdowns. How do you... So is Jordan Howard. He's on pace to score 16 touchdowns on 68 yards rushing. You know, <laughs> how, do you, how do you do that? Like, how do you have this guy who seems to have it figured out, and then you have a guy well, who is better than him? Generally, and there's other things here that are, are, are you know, the defense has been bad, and you've got a defensive guy as your head coach, right? Yeah. You've missed Keanu Neal, great player, been hurt all the time. Right. Missed on draft picks, missed on trades, missed on free agent signings. Who's evaluating that talent and deciding to give it out? Right. That's one thing you got to figure out. Special teams have been really bad overall for the Falcons the last couple years. Yeah. They gave up a lot of big kickoff coverages, pick, uh, punt returns. If they just fell on that onside kick, I, they would have won the that, game. I would have fired yeah, the head coach and the special teams coach immediately after that. They wouldn't have made it back to the fucking plane. What, dude, what, like, I, I don't understand. How do you not walk to the locker room and say, listen, dude, how do you're you not fucking know? done. Dude, any 10-year-old playing Madden knows you just jump on the onside kick. I'm shocked I, that Hayden Hurst he was a great player for the Ravens. He, yeah. was, he was ballsy. He was gritty. He was in the pile. When I saw that picture of him just like standing there with his arms Look, up, yeah. it's like, what are you talking about, man? Well, I watched you for this. That's, is just, that's just poor coaching. Yeah. That's just poor well, this coaching. Is, and this is the thing. It's it, Yes, he, should, he probably should have known, but special teams specifically come down to multiple things. They come down to depth. For one thing, the best teams have the best have great special teams. The Ravens, you saw that kickoff return. Yep. The guy's a burner, obviously, but the blocking was so good on that. Mm-hmm. You got a great kicker, but it also a is, the, is uh, maybe one of the greatest kickers oh, of all time. I um, always I, I reach for Justin Tucker in fantasy every uh, single year. He's, he, he's wait, he's so so the thing is, a special teams coach in that specific situation should be saying, "Fall on the ball, fall on the ball," because in the moment, doesn't matter how smart the player is, the greatest make lapses sometimes. Tom Brady's mm-hmm. thrown interceptions in the end zone. Peyton Manning has. Dan Marino. Every single great player fucks up. Doesn't matter. Why wasn't the special team coach saying, fall on the ball, fall on the ball, hands team, fall on the ball? All right. I, 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 Josh, it's unfathomable right now what's happening. Yeah, it sucks. And your team is not as bad as 0 and 3. You're probably no, no, the no. best 0 and 3 team right now. Yep. Yep. I, I know. The it's fucking like you, Bears are 3 and 0. Like, what yeah, is this season? Yeah, uh, yeah. And one of those wins was the Falcons. All right. So after last week, um, I went 11, 4 and 1. Taylor went 8, 7 and 1. Josh, after your spectacular one loss week, you went 7, 8 and 1. Uh, you're still in the lead on the head to head standings at 33, 14 and 1. I am now in second at 30, 17 and 1. And Taylor is in the place where he was most comfortable last year, last at 29, 18, and 1. Um, but it's very, very close right now. Only four games separate, last place to first place. So let's start this off with Taylor's team, the Denver Broncos facing the New York Jets. What a great game to have on yeah. Thursday night. Yeah, right. um, the, the, the Broncos will be playing um, the Brett Ry- Ryan Ripon, Brian Ripon, whatever his name is. It won't be. Um, sure. uh, yeah, exactly. I, I, I literally don't even know. The, the Broncos have so many injuries it's almost upsetting for me as a non-Broncos yeah, fan dude, like, I, yeah. I was saying to Taylor the other day because obviously we're all you know talking about how much yeah. our fucking teams are shit ass hey my and team has a win there, yeah, there, you go. <laughs> there you go. and you know we're talking about with the Falcons it's it's really just coaching yeah on the Broncos it's coaching 
and, and injuries. injuries. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and the Broncos were in two of those games to win them. Their first two weeks of the season, they were they were yep. in it. They were in it. This week, they they weren't very good at all. Piecing maybe you know the best defense in football right now, mm-hmm. arguably. Um, but the, you go over to the other side, the Jets, and what's happening there. And I, I know it's so early in the season, and it, I have a bias against the Jets, but this is one of the worst teams I've seen to yeah. start a season. Like worse than the Dolphins yeah. were last year, because at least bad. the Dolphins like tried to fight back a little bit. Mm-hmm. This team looks like it has no fight at all. Yeah. What have they, they scored? Like twenty-two points all season. I think? It, it's. I think it's like they've scored thirty-one total because they. Think it was, cause they it was scored thirteen. Seven, week, thirteen week one. Seven seven. seven yeah, I guess it's tw- yeah, 20, uh, 27, 27 yes. points. Um, they, they're the only team in the league that hasn't led at any point in a yep. game this year. Yep. Uh, I don't know who their best offensive player is. Um, a, a skill player, because Mekhi Becton is a stud left tackle at rookie. Uh, Darnold looks completely lost. He's not blaming the coach, which is the thing you want your quarterback to do. Um, I think they broke him, but he's also probably going to be a guy that, like Ryan Tannehill, goes to another team and thrives when they play to his strength, something Adam Gaze hates doing. Mm. Um, this is a horrible game, and sometimes when you have horrible games on paper, they end up being pretty exciting. Yeah. That will not be the case here. <laughs> um, I do think that the Broncos are better coached than the Jets, and I think they play for their their team more, their coach more than the Jets do. So just with that alone, I'm taking the Broncos. Yeah, I'm going to take the Broncos too. I have never the Jets have been bad, very yeah. bad at mm-hmm. various times over the last 10, 15 years. It's the worst I've seen them. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm actually, I, it's going to be really hard for me to do this because I've always said that if it came down to the Jets had to beat the Patriots for the Dolphins getting the playoffs, I'd still root for the Patriots because I hate mm-hmm. the Jets that much. But I might root for the Jets a little bit throughout this year so they still miss out on the number one pick. Oh yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, Trevor Lawrence is going to be a stud, but they'll probably fuck him up too because it's what they do. Because yeah. they're, they're another team. The ownership from the top down yep. is fucking horrendous. And Adam Gaze, if he's really good at one thing, it's leading teams to a full-on rebuild. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm taking the Broncos. What about you, Pat? Yeah, I... I- I just can't put any faith in any amount of the Jets. It's, I know, and it, their, their best offensive fire. player is fucking Frank Gore, who even at his advanced age is still a very quality running back to have. But he should be yeah. your backup in yeah. case your guy gets hurt or coming in in third down situations because he's great at just falling forward for three, four yards. Yeah. Yeah. And I love Frank Gore. I hate that he's a fucking Jet. Uh, next game, the two and one Cleveland Browns coming off another nice win against the Dallas Cowboys, coming off a really bad loss. Yeah. Um, so. The Bronc, uh, the the Cowboys are four and a half point favorites. Um, they could very easily be zero and three, and they could very easily be three and zero. The Cowboys. It's very very strange. Um, it, they probably should be zero and three, Josh. <laughs> I, I, dude, there's so many things you can just throw here. Um, I'm gonna take the Cowboys here. I really like what I'm seeing from the Browns and Baker Mayfield. You're seeing them finally establish an offensive identity around him. They Spe- played the Bengals. Like, they played the not, Bengals, but the Bengals had been a tough out the last couple weeks. They played a few really tough games. You know, they, they're forcing Burrow to play um, a certain way, but they're establishing an identity, which is the most important thing you need to do when you have a young quarterback. When you have the offensive line like you do in Cleveland and you have the running backs like you do in Cleveland, there's no reason you shouldn't be handing the ball off 35 times a game. Yeah, if you're not, uh, you're just and you have a great, uh, you have a very talented defense with one of the best pure pass rushers in the league in Miles Garrett. Um, despite that, I, 
I think Dak's playing really, really well this year. He doesn't deserve any of the blame for this. He, he When he threw that pick the other day, he got out of a fucking sack and he put it up there. And that's a Pat Mahomes play that he makes sometimes. Mm-hmm. He's played really well. He's played up to the money he's looking for. But the problem is that it's always with the Cowboys. Their coaching and their defense sucks. But I think that they have slightly more talent here. Um, and this is the kind of game where I expect ba- Baker to have a blow up. And I think in a shootout, that's more likely. And I think this will be a shootout. And I'm going to take the Cowboys in that situation. Josh? Uh, I'm going to take the Browns, actually. Um, I like what I've seen from them over the last Stefanski's stabilizing it, it looks like. they don't look as fucking haphazard as they did last year. They kind of got it figured out. Or week one, but I think that's more of a testament to the Ravens than anything else. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go with the Browns on this. Okay, Uh, Taylor's also taking the Browns. Uh, Pat? Who's home? Uh, Cowboys. Um... Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Cowboys at home just because uh, I think they're a little bit more of a balanced team. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the Browns will be good. I just don't know if having this uh, augmented offseason yeah, really yeah. what they needed, you know? Yeah, it, it's it, the thing that's good, though, with like an offseason, like best word to describe it, augmented offseason, is the teams that rely on the running game, I think, are better suited because it's not as much like a timing yeah. kind of offense. Yeah. So, And they have two of the best backs in the league, and Nick Chubb, yeah, who was... Baker Mayfield is also on his third... Offensive coordinator. Yeah, offensive coordinator. This is this is a guy that helped make um, Kirk Cousins look very efficient. So oh, okay. <laughs> it's Ken, he was the offensive coordinator <laughs> in the, of the Vikings, Kevin Stefanski. Um, next game, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Tennessee Titans, two undefeated teams. Mm. Uh, Steelers beating the Broncos. And uh, the Titans, oh, they played the Broncos this week? Yes. Yeah, they played the Broncos. And the Titans um, getting by in the skin of their teeth against the Vikings. Yep. Um, this game is in jeopardy being postponed because of the COVID outbreak in the NFL. It is. It is. They're, um, they're shut down. Um, well, no, it's not officially postponed yet. The facilities are shut down. They're oh, talking about moving the game to Monday. Um, so it's a possibility. It does sound like they will play this week, but there are some contingency plans in place. Uh, Steelers' defense is sick. Um, they're, they're, Fitzpatrick, man. Um, what a, I, no, what he actually a, hasn't a, even been that good this year. But no, I'm saying like since he was put on last year. Their defense has improved. What a change. You can but see from one Specifically what I'm seeing from them that I've not seen from the Steelers in a long time is the interior pressure. Their defensive yes. line is mm-hmm. great. They're literally rushing three guys against getting to the quarterback. Yep. Um, I love what they're seeing. The Titans probably should have lost that game this week. It took uh, Sebastian Janikowski, Sebastian Janikowski, Steven Goskowski mm-hmm. turning back the clock, uh, hitting game winner. Uh, another efficient game from Tannehill, Derrick Henry. Very evenly matched game, I think, on paper. But overall, the Titans, uh, the combined record of their opponents this year, 1-8. and eight. Not like the, t- the Steelers have played world beaters, but I think they've played a better quality of opponent when, when you look down to how they play. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take the Steelers. They're only favored by one on the road. I like. I just think that they have a little bit more firepower on offense, and their defense is good enough to slow down Derrick Henry. And when you slow down Derrick Henry and you put the ball in Ryan Tannehill's hands, specifically, that's when he'll make more mistakes. As much as I love him, um, I'm going to take the Steelers here. Yeah, I'm going to take the Steelers too. Uh, the, the defense is just... Oh, it's spectacular. Yeah, they're playing yep. Steeler defense yep. for the first yep. time in a while. Yeah, which is crazy considering Mike Tomlin is, you know, but still at the same time, they've had really good defenses through the years, and I felt like they always gave up the big, like, drive at the end of a game yeah. to lose it. So what about you, Pat? Yeah, Steelers. Okay. I'm marking down to see how you do against the experts. Bob went against the experts week, week one and was horrible. <laughs> uh, the next game is the one and two New Orleans Saints at the Detroit Lions. Detroit got their first win of the season. Um, seemed to play Kyler Murray really, really well, even going back to last year when they tied. Although he had that stupid 
stupid fucking touchdown run, that double juke that he did was ridiculous. Um, The Saints don't look very good right now. Um, Offensively, they don't look great, although, you know, you look at the the stat book, the box score, and Drew Brees had an efficient game. There's no downfield threat. And not that they needed that, but when you don't have Michael Thomas, they're not going to be afraid even more because, you know, you joke about it, but Michael Thomas is good for a first down every fucking pass to him. And all you got to do is move the chains. They don't have that. Um, I, I will never understand what Sean Payton was doing in the end of that game, putting the ball in Taysom Hill's hands and taking it out of Alvin Kamara's hands. Well, what Alvin Kamara yeah. did in that fucking game. Yeah. Obscenely bad coaching. You got a little too cute because you got a Swiss Army knife that you paid out the ass and only you think he's as good as anyone else does. Yep. He's a nice decoy weapon to have and he can make some big plays. He should not be the guy with the ball in his hands when you need to come from behind with a, under a minute left. That was obscenely offensive. Despite that, the Lions are still horrifically bad. Yeah. Um, I love Matt Stafford. He's going to look great on the Cowboys next season. Um, <laughs> I, I'm taking the Saints in this one. They're favored by four. I think they cover that as well. Yeah, I'm taking the Saints too. Uh, as is Taylor. Pat? Yeah, if Saints. All right. Next game, two 0-3 teams. The Minnesota Vikings should have won on Sunday most likely against um, uh, a team that I'm loving seeing lose every game and I'm rooting against them every game, the Houston Texans. The Texans are three and a half point favorites at home. Pat, do you know why I'm rooting against the Houston Texans to lose every game? Uh, probably because of Bill O'Brien. Nope, because Miami has their first round pick uh, because of <laughs> oh. the Laramie Tunzel trade. Oh, okay. uh, so the more they lose, the better it is for Miami with two first round picks and their second round pick this season Dude, too. Miami isn't a beast in four to five years. We'll we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, uh, the Vikings showed some life this past week, and the Texans did to a, a lesser extent uh, this week. You know, they only lost by a touchdown, but. At no point did I feel like they were actually going to win that game. I actually thought the Vikings were going to win for a minute. Great performance from the rookie-wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thielen had a nice game. Their defense looks horrific, which is a shame considering, you know, um, that's that's his game up there, yep. the head coach, Mike Zimmer. Um, you got Ngakwe, and you lost uh, Daniil Hunter. I'm actually going to take the Vikings in the upset here. I think that there's just uh, Dalvin Cook had another big game. Yeah, I think Dalvin Cook is. I think you're getting him he going. Get talked about enough. He's he's, he's amazing. He's, he's amazing. Monster. I think they got him going. I think they're they're settling in under a new offensive system, like we just talked about with his augmented offseason. I'm going to steal that now. Um, <laughs> augmented offseason. Uh, I just the Texans don't have an identity. Right. You know they they don't have that running game. They don't have you know. David Johnson, like he was good in 2017. They don't have that wide receiver you can rely on. Their defense is okay. It's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think I like the, the the consistency around what the Vikings are, their personnel. Like they know each other. And I, as much as I, I love Deshaun Watson, I hate Kirk Cousins. I've always hated Kirk Cousins. Yep. Um, I, I like the Vikings. Yeah. Um, I've been a big Deshaun Watson fan since mm-hmm. he came to the league. I mean, he's no Russell Wilson. No, no. Yeah. Who is? <laughs> but, you know, I think that Bill O'Brien's uh, got him on a fast track to be ruined, and it just sucks for him the level of I thought he got hurt. He, he almost got hurt this past week. I said um, coming into the season, he's going to get hurt a, this year. What a boneheaded move to trade DeAndre, to Hopkins. trade DeAndre Hopkins away and get fucking nothing back in return. Yeah, David Johnson, you've, you've and what, a third-round pick? You've got this kid Fourth. with basically unlimited potential, and you're surrounding him with sub Will now. Fuller? Will Fuller? What is Will Fuller going to do? Get, Will Fuller plays like fucking eight games a year. Yeah, well, what you know, Will what, Fuller does is the example of bad hamstrings. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, obviously, I'm going to take the Vikings in this game. They're just all around a more... They're Not that they're a complete team. They're a more complete team than... I'd agree. Are. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not necessarily comfortable with that pick because again, they're two zero and three teams, and at the end of the day, you are what your record says you are. Yep. But um, and I, I don't know. I, I like Deshaun Moore as a quarterback, and that alone could win this game, and that's probably why they're favored. But I'm not confident what Houston has on their team at all. What about you, Pat? 
I think uh, Deshaun Watson is going to write the NFL a giant fuck you letter for starting him off with the three hardest teams in the league by far. I think, yeah. This year. Oh, their schedule's been obscenely Start bad. out with the Chiefs, play the I mean, Ravens, the fact that he played Steelers. that Steelers defense that well is a testament no. to how his ability. And that's the thing. I think he's finally going to be like, all right, I played the three I'm hardest done. teams in the league. I'm not fucking around with the yeah. Vikings. I think the Texans are going to make a statement game. Okay. And not just beat I was Vikings, not comfortable. Beat the fuck. I was not comfortable with this game, so that is not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, next game, um, the Indianapolis Colts who, you know, playing the Jets is always nice. Uh, two and a half point favorites at the 3-0 and Chicago Bears. Officially made the move um, which, yep. you know, it's so weird because you said in the beginning of the season that they were going to start Nick Foles. Then literally on your ride home, they announced Mitch Trubisky starting. Yep. So it's it's funny because they were 2-0 and with Mitch. So you're like, okay. But the second... That was, a, that was a bad pull. A, what? Pull, it, pulling it, him out? It got them a win and I understand what he was trying to do for that moment. But I mean, you were two and zero. You're two and zero. He but hasn't played. I awful. I appreciate it at the same time because it worked. If oh, it doesn't 100%. work, yeah, yeah. 100%. And I mean, there must have been other. There must be other things happening in practice that he was so quick to do that mm. because we yeah, know Mitch true. Trubisky's yeah. not consistent. There must have been something he was seeing that he didn't like. Um, despite that, the Colts' defense is fucking good. Yep. It's really, really good. I like Falls a lot. I've always liked Nick Falls. I don't think he's a fr- he's a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's great when he's elevated the starter, not given the job. Yeah. <laughs> That's the Ryan Fitzpatrick thing. When you don't expect him to start, he's great. When he get, is given the job, he sucks. Um, uh, I think it'll be a good game because um, I like the Bears' defense a lot, but the Colts' defense is disgustingly good. They're yeah. really, really good. I like them in this game. Um, I like them to cover the two and a half as well. Josh? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Colts here, and I'm going to hope because I have no fucking hope for the Falcon season, so I'm looking at my football season solely from a fantasy standpoint now. Mm-hmm. T.Y. Hilton. Please, for the love catch of God, the catch the fucking ball, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm this like, guy's been so consistent I, the I last like six years. I in like the fifth round thinking like, wow, I got a steal here. And Phil fucking. Rivers is throwing to yeah, him. I'm like, yeah. he's going to fucking be great. Coming back off of injury, he's got a good quarterback. Nope. Great. Thanks, dude. <laughs> um, Taylor is all is taking the Bears. Pat, what about you? I just, I cannot really trust Mitch Trubisky or uh, Nick Foles. I got to go with the Colts. Yeah, I mean, in those situations, I want to take the what I think is the superior defense. But, hey, Foles has done it before, man. We, who knows? And they have good offensive weapons, although they, they did just lose Tariq Cohen for the year. Mm. Um, so that takes away a huge checkdown option. But Foles figured out what Trubisky could never figure out and get the fucking ball to Allen Robinson. Yeah, exactly. Get the ball to Allen Robinson. <laughs> it, it's a pretty it's a, a simple formula. Yeah. Um, next game, the L.A. Chargers, who were a hook and ladder play away from eking out the victory over the Panthers. Literally inches. If he just, if fucking Austin Eckler, who's a great player just held on to it he would have been gone um to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers oh the Bucks played the Broncos this past week is what it was the Bucks beat the Broncos mm. um that's where we got confused I'm forgetting who the Steelers played they played the Steelers played Houston uh, Houston yeah duh um so in this game I I hate what I'm seeing from Tan- uh, from the Chargers they just lost Chris Harris to injury I don't like Anthony Lynn as a coach I love Austin Eckler Herbert I'm lukewarm on because you see some really good things and you see some really bad things he's you a rookie yeah, he's, he's a rookie. Yeah. I like some of the upside, but there's some things that remind me of Blaine Gabbert. Um, there, there's some happy feet things, okay. but he's a rookie. Right coaching, he'll be okay. I don't know if he has the right coaching. Um, I like what I'm seeing from Tampa. It looks like they're hitting a the groove. The running game's getting going. They have one of the best defensive players in the league in Shaq Barrett. Ndamukong Sue is playing out of his fucking mind right now. And their deep probably. And their defense, uh, their defensive secondary specifically, is looking better and better. Tampa's favored by 7.5. I don't love that line because I still think they have a decent defense on the Chargers, but uh, I'm going to take Tampa on this one. Josh? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Tampa too. As is Taylor. Pat? 
Yeah, I'm taking Tampa. Yeah. I, I hate to give Tom Brady any wins ever, but uh, yeah, I just... All right, this game, uh, the Washington football team welcomes the Baltimore football team. Um, Baltimore coming off a loss where the score, the game wasn't as close. It wasn't a loss. What was it? We got smacked around. I'm glad you could admit that because I had some Ravens fans saying to me, um, look at the score. I was like, the game wasn't as close as the score indicated. You scored one offensive touchdown. The other one was a special teams touchdown. Although, listen, Lamar didn't play great. Mark Andrews has to make that fucking catch in the end zone, and he's a fucking great tight end. They just did not click on offense at all and they it's the same problem the reason I picked against them last week was that they're a front running team they're like the Mike Tyson of fucking football the first two rounds you're fucked you need to fucking survive the first two rounds, and then you got a good fucking chance. Yeah. They're front runners. They can't play from behind at this point. And I think Lamar's going to get better because he's gotten better at every stage of his career. Mm-hmm. And as he learns how to run a different kind of offense, and when the games, they slow down the offense a little bit. And that's mm-hmm. what it comes down to. They'll build around the weapons that they have. I still think they need that, like, big-bodied receiver on the outside. Boykin, I'm telling you. He's going to have – I know I, he's been I think, quiet so far. I think but. it could happen, but I think they need that – they could have benefited from DeAndre Hopkins greatly. Yes. <laughs> Who couldn't sure. though? Who yeah, couldn't? To be yeah, fair, yeah. and if he wasn't a lunatic, I'd say you need to sign Antonio Brown right now, yeah. but because he would fit that perfectly. But he's a fucking crazy person. Yep. Um, I don't need to spend much more time on this one. The football team in Washington is dumpster fire. Uh, despite that first win of the season, they're not good. They don't have the talent right now. Um, uh, Baltimore is going to blow them out. They're going to make a statement, and you don't ever really touch a thirteen and a half, thirteen and a point, thirteen and a half point line. But I said last week to Taylor, yeah, take that against the, uh, the Colts against the Jets. No, you don't touch that line. Yes, take it. Take it in this one. They're going to cover four fucking two touchdowns on the, on the football team. I could not agree more. That's a bold statement. I do believe they're going to win. I think they're going to fuck. That's a, you, Listen, Harbaugh does not come out of games where they lost bad and not want to make a fucking statement. It's that classic Belichick thing where, oh, you beat us last week? We're going to make a fucking asshole out of you. Fair enough. I, I would say take the Ravens, but don't touch the line. Yeah, well, we said the same thing about fucking last week at the Colts and the Jets, yeah. and that was only 10 and a half. <laughs> um, next game, the Arizona Cardinals coming off their first loss at the Carolina Panthers coming off their first win. Uh, Kyler did not have a good game. Despite that highlight reel run, uh, three interceptions to two touchdown passes, uh, but overall their team didn't have a good, good day. Very good defense, kind of struggled. Um, Buda Baker got hurt, which isn't good. Three and a half point favorites on the road against Carolina. I, I like some of the things I'm seeing from Carolina, but I think it was a little fluky against a bad Chargers team. Uh, I still don't. I, without Christian McCaffrey, yeah, it's, it's so done. hard. It's, done. it's so hard to gauge it. Uh, I, I like the Cardinals in this one. Uh, I think they win it. Yep, same. Everyone's taking them. Taylor as well. You too, Pat. Yep. Uh, next game. Uh, Josh, um, last week you told me Min- Minshew Mania was going wild. Uh, uh, the Jacksonville's playing Cincinnati. Um, I, I want to say again, I don't have an issue with Gardner Minshew. I actually like Gardner Minshew, but he ain't good. That's the thing. He's fun. He's, I, again, another comparison. He's going to have a Ryan Fitzpatrick career because mm. he's got that swagger. The players love him. Guy cannot read his own defense. Dolphins played zone against him all day, and he had nothing. He didn't have his best receiver in DJ Chalk. I, I get that. But he didn't play well. They got their asses kicked on defense. And despite that, I'm going to take Jacksonville to beat the Bengals this week. Um, I know the Bengals tied, and Joe Burrow looks like the real deal. That offensive line is so bad. They're going to get that guy fucking killed, and I'm really upset about it. 
I think this is the kind of game where you're playing a really bad Bengals defense. Not that the Dolphins' defense is great. They're only, I think they're like ninth in the league in scoring, which is actually pretty good when you consider they played the Bills and the Patriots. Mm. But the Bengals' defense is really, really bad. And I like his swagger against a team where he can actually get some easy completions. He's not throwing towards Xavier Howard. He doesn't have fucking Kyle Van Noy running at him. Who's the Bengals' best playmaker on defense? You can't name him. Yeah, you can't name them. Um, I like them. The, the, the Bengals are favored. Three-point favorites at home. I like Jacksonville to take the upset on the road. Yeah, I'll take Jacksonville also. Um, Joe Burrow, he's uh, not, you know, obviously he's a rookie. He's not there yet, but, you know. You've I seen think, some nice I things. You're, you're, seeing, you're seeing from him that he will be that guy. Yeah, as long as he stays healthy and they keep him upright. But the team around him is not good. No. Agreed. Um, Pat, uh, who are you taking? I'm taking Jacksonville. Jacksonville and Taylor is taking the Bengals, which I don't think is crazy. They're favored for a reason. I don't think Jacksonville is very good. They're still, despite their week one win. Yeah, it's a total. When you have two bad teams, anything can happen. That's Thursday night's game. Uh, Next game is my team, uh, the Seattle Seahawks at the Miami Dolphins. The Seahawks, six and a half point favorites at home. Wow. Some big losses for the uh, Seahawks coming in this game. Jamal Adams is going to be out. Chris Carson's going to be out after that dirty play by what's his name, uh, Hill on the Cowboys. Mm. He ankle rolled him, which was disgusting. Should be suspended. Uh, I'm not stupid. The Seahawks are going to win this game. They should win this game. Um, with the way Russell Wilson's playing right now, uh, I feel much better about Miami's two losses to the Patriots and Bills after seeing what they've done since then. Especially on offense, what they've done. That they only gave up 28 points to the, the Bills. or 30, 31 points? 31 points. It was 31-28. Um, only 24 uh, points to the Patriots. I feel much better about their defense and they're finding their identity. The offense is getting going. This kid, Miles Gaskin, looks really good at running back. But they don't have the offensive firepower to keep up with the Seahawks, even though the Seahawks' defense is giving up 31 points a game right now. They're really not playing very well. Now they're going to be without Jamal Adams, which is my biggest fear in this game because of how he plays the line of scrimmage. Mm. The best thing I'm seeing from Miami right now are the two rookies on the offensive line. Um, The first-round pick, Austin Jackson, at left tackles, only give him up one pressure in three games right now. And then this guard, who I should send you a video of his play so far, Solomon Kidney's his name is a fucking animal and you're seeing stability you brought in a left guard um, in Eric Flowers a busted left tackle with New York turned into a pretty damn good guard in his next two stops um, Ted Karras the center from the Patriots you have stability on the offensive line they've only given up four sacks in three games at this point last year they gave up ten in four games damn. or three games rather they, their defense is playing better they have nine sacks in three games at this point last year they had three sacks in three games but despite that, it's Russell Wilson. I'm not betting against Russell Wilson. I think it'll be a closer game than expected, and I don't like that six and a half. I think Miami, the way Brian Flores had them playing last year into this year, they're going to be gamers every game. I agree. I don't think they're going to be getting blown out often. Uh, yeah, you know, they've got Russell Wilson. He's the second baseman for the New York Yankees. <laughs> Pete Carroll says that 9-11 was an inside job. He yeah. believes that COVID is a hoax, and also the earth is flat. I'm taking the Seahawks. You had a new conspiracy for him every week. Sandy Hook, they were crisis actors. <laughs> Pat? Yeah, I'm taking Seahawks. Yeah, Taylor is as well. Not even up for debate. Um, I don't want to spend much time on this. The Giants are horrible. They're the second worst team in the league right now. Um, Daniel Jones is a turnover machine. I think Joe Judge is going to end up being a good coach. Uh, I just don't know about Daniel Jones. You can't average two turnovers a game. Yeah, in 16 career starts, he has a turnover in 15 of them. Yeah. Um, not that he has much help, but still, you got to protect the football. That's the one job you have. The Rams uh, coming off a very tough loss where they rallied back against the Bills. Mm-hmm. After the Bills blew a 28-3 lead, but one. 
the Rams are thirteen point favorites at home. Uh, are we all taking the Rams? Yeah. 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 Sorry, Josh. I'm sorry. I'm not that sorry. So, yeah, no, no. <laughs> uh, next, uh, the Bills. Uh, um, Josh Allen playing out of his fucking mind. He's silencing doubters like myself with his play. Uh, uh, right up there in the MVP conversation, taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Raiders coming off the loss to the Patriots. Uh, Bills are three point favorites at home. Exactly what I thought would happen to the Raiders did happen. They are a control the ball, no big play offense, horrible, horrible defense, no run run defense whatsoever. Um, I think the Bills are going to crush the Raiders. Yes. Yeah, we're all taking uh, Taylor is as well. Um, uh, the Patriots at the Kansas City Chiefs. Patriots beating the Raiders. Chiefs beating your Ravens. Um, Ravens six and a half point favorites at home. I'm super pumped for this game. I think uh, Belichick's going to have a very good game plan ready to go. It's going to be the best game plan we've seen against the, uh, the Chiefs thus far, and they're still going to lose by 14 points. Um, uh, I, I really like what I'm seeing from the Chiefs defense, too. Chris yeah. Jones, yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank Clark, very good secondary. The way they move Honey Badger around, mm-hmm. with what you saw what the Ravens doing in the first half, and then they brought Honey Badger up close, yep. and then it changed the entire dynamic of the game. Um, now, the Patriots had a much better bounce back. They ran for over 200 yards against the Raiders, who have a porous run defense. Cam's playing really, really well. He looks like he's having fun out there. But... They don't have that ability to, to make big chunk plays right. against the Chiefs that you have to have. And I, I said to you guys last week when we were talking Chiefs-Ravens that if the Ravens fall behind by double digits, the game's over. And I said that, and then they had the big kickoff return, but they still couldn't get the ball moving on offense. They didn't have enough, they, they got a first down. Well, but, to, to be fair, we completely abandoned what we're yeah. great at, like we did the last three games we've lost. I know. It, it, to be fair, it, that, that's, a good, that's a good point. Um, but I think the Chiefs are, have too much on both sides of the ball here Fuck you, just, Greg Roman. they're they're just getting they're just firing up on every cylinder like they didn't look uh, they looked really good the first two games but then you saw in this game like oh that's that Super Bowl defending champion they're on a they're on a different level it, it's, they're not they're not playing the same fucking no sport. no it's not even the fair Patrick Mahomes does he's maybe the single I always said the most talented passer I've seen in this this era was Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. as far as making crazy throws and then Pat Mahomes just takes it yep. he'll drop back 25 yards and it's 50 yards just like it's nothing it. yeah, just, just nothing it. so Chiefs yeah Chiefs Chiefs. Oh, by we're all taking the Chiefs by a lot. Yeah, I, I would love that. I think Cam Newton's going to have a statement game. I think he's going to try. He's going to play, play well. That hey, you know, you got the Lamar Jacksons, you got the Patrick Mahomes. You, you got forgot about I was the first. Yeah, I was the I was the transition between Mike Vick to you guys. Yep. Like uh, next game, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, whatever Doug Peterson was doing, Jesus. Uh, just go for it. Like, come on. Um, against the San Francisco 49ers, uh, overcoming their injuries to beat the lowly Giants. Um, the 49ers are six and a half point favorites at home. But I'm going to take the Eagles. I think that Doug Peterson. I actually think Doug Peterson is a very good coach. I don't get what he's doing right now, but I think that, that loss you, or that tie you just had is one of those games where a good coach would be like, "What am I doing? We're going to make a statement." The 49ers have a lot of talent. They're well coached, but the injuries catch up to you eventually. The yep. blueprint on playing a backup quarterback comes out eventually. I don't like what I'm seeing from Wentz. He was a gamer at the end of the game, but. I, I think the Eagles eke this one out. It's a big upset. It's one I want to take. I got to make up ground. I got to take some upsets. I'm going to take the Eagles. I'm actually going to take the Eagles too. Um, 49ers are still a bit banged up. 
Um, and even if they get some of these players back, they're, they're just they lost, back. Yeah, and they lost, they lost guys like Nick Bosa, one of the best defensive players in the league for the season. And, you know, I, I said it last week, and I'll say it again. I'm not giving up on Carson Wentz just yet. I, I'm, he's, I'm with you. He's too physically talented, and he's another guy that if he doesn't work here, no quarterback's going to look good behind that line. He does have to be smarter with the football, mm-hmm. but some coach will fix the shit out of him if he stays healthy. Um, Taylor's taking the 49ers. What about you, Pat? I'm taking the Eagles also, actually. All right. I think, uh, I just, I think the 49ers at some point just have have to realize they've got to come back down to yeah, earth. Yeah, it's listen, it, a testament to the coaching of Kyle Shanahan, um, especially in big games. Um, but uh, sorry, Josh. Um, all right, so Josh, your, your team, Monday Night Football, yeah, the Atlanta right. Falcons at the Green Bay Packers. Is, is there anything more unfair outside of being Pat Mahomes than Aaron Rodgers getting to play in a silent building? Because the yeah. way he can dissect and communicate what to do. So, actually, I'm going to take the Falcons pretty comfortably in this one. Ooh, okay. comfortably. Okay. Uh, if you look at the head-to-head of Matt Ryan versus... I, this is very true. ...versus Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers has, like, I think, I think the record is... Against Matt Ryan, he's like two and seven. Yeah, like I know. That. I know it's something crazy, but the reason I'm taking is I seeing what he did in the Superdome, where he wasn't playing very well either. That dude, with how smart he is and the way he can communicate and read a defense with silence, it's not fair. Yeah. And against a bad defense, and Aaron Jones is looking like one of the best running backs in the league. You're going to get Devontae Adams back this week, and it doesn't matter. The guy has literally thrown two passes to first-round picks for touchdowns in his career, Aaron Rodgers, which is fucking crazy mm-hmm. and a testament to him and the poor drafting of the fucking Packers. But um, uh, I don't think you're crazy because, again, you have been in every game, and you should have won them. Yeah. Like, but besides the first one, the last two, we'll say. Yeah. Um, but I, I just I don't trust that defense against Aaron, what Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers looks like he's playing pissed off so again. This That's, is uh, if it's gonna it's not gonna be like the Falcons are gonna blow him out. It's no. gonna be a shootout, skin of your teeth kind of yeah, game. If if the Falcons are playing well on offense, this will be a shootout. And if it's a shootout, I'm gonna take the Falcons based on history. I'm not comfortable with it. Obviously, when we sit here next week and the Packers have beaten the Falcons, I'm not gonna <laughs> act like I was surprised. Josh said to us during the game on uh, Sunday. When they were up twenty six ten, he's like, "Ah, Mitch Trubisky can't come back against the score." Well, he, he well he was he was right. He was right. He was right. Um, as soon as I saw Falls in, I I, I said it. As yeah. soon as Falls, I noticed it was Falls. I was like, "Oh fuck, they're gonna lose." <laughs> um, and Taylor's taking the Packers. What about you, Pat? I think uh, Aaron Rodgers continues his "How dare you fucking try to replace me" tour. I, you know what's funny? I respect and, what uh, he's doing. Like he, oh, I he was. Well, it. I, no, he's playing. Well, no, it's not even just that. I like that he's playing pissed, but I respect the fact that he's not doing that bullshit Favre did and treating Jordan yep. Love like shit. He's actually mentoring him because that was when Favre lost me. I did not like how he treated Aaron Rodgers. Actually, he lost me more when he when dick pics of him came out and it was a baby dick. Mm. That's when Favre <laughs> lost me because I couldn't... I, I always wondered why in the Wrangler commercial I couldn't see the outline of his fucking throbbing <laughs> cock. Did you see Captain America's dick? What? Chris Evans accidentally posted his dick. Oh, no, I didn't Do you want to? No. <laughs> I'll send it to you later. Dude, have you ever seen John Hamm's dick? Oh, it's massive. Dude, he could kill someone. No, it's... <laughs> what about... Did you watch The Leftovers on HBO? Oh, yeah, John Justin Thoreau, he's another one. He had a fucking huge cock. He was, oh, like, jogging in... Watch the first season when he's jogging in his pants. Oh. By the way, here... Dude, that's America's dick. (laughs) All right, guys. This is episode 121. You watch, I listen. Pat, thanks for sitting in with us. Yeah, man. Uh, Taylor will be back next week, and uh, we will see you there. We will see you at another time. Later.